Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Man, this whole week, it was just dominated with talk about Crowder and the Daily Wire. I'm, I'm glad that for this Friday, at least, we can get back to our regularly scheduled Civil War talk. You know, talking about the Civil War instead of talking about drama between big media companies. You know what I mean? That Tim Cass classic. Uh, over in the Atlanta area, a bunch of far-left extremists have been occupying the space because they don't want police to set up a training center. The police tried to come in to clear it out because these people have been firebombing buildings, firebombed an innocent guy's truck, nearly burned him to death, were throwing rocks through windows, throwing Molotov cocktails. The cops move in. One of these far-left, far-left extremists shoots a cop, severely injuring him. Police return fire in self-defense, killing the Antifa guy. In retaliation, Antifa is now calling for the assassination of police in the area, putting the city on high alert. Holy crap. I didn't see that one coming. But this, uh, this autonomous zone has been going on for some time. So we'll talk about that, plus a bunch of other news. We got this crazy new email from the Hunter Biden laptop. Joe Biden was directly working with Hunter, according to this email, on, a, on selling energy to China which calls into question a whole lot. Obviously, dude was, was lying. Biden's been lying about everything. But now it, I'm wondering about the strategy of getting natural gas into Europe if the Bidens have been doing these shady deals to China, who is our principal adversary. So we'll talk about that. Plus, I'm really excited. It's Friday. We're going to talk about Velma because uh, it's the third lowest rated show in history and it's just utter garbage. So we'll get some culture war stuff. And then uh, the World Economic Forum is wrapping up. So we'll, we'll talk about all that. And uh, we'll get into it. It should be fun. Before we get started, head over to TimCast.com. Become a member. Click that Join Us button to support our work. As a member, you'll get access to our members-only uncensored show Monday through Thursday at 11 p.m. Plus, your membership supports our cultural efforts and endeavors. We have, um, oh, I don't have the deck over here, the TimCast Skate Company. We're reclaiming abandoned logos. I'm just going to go nuts on this one. These companies get attacked by the woke. They drop their logos. They drop their mascots because they're offensive or whatever. Okay, if they abandon it, I'll pick them up. We'll make Aunt Jemima's skateboards next. We'll just, you know, whatever whatever it takes. We're going to do stuff like that. But more importantly, we're setting up physical locations where people can hang out. We want to create spaces. We want to create events where we can actually start building out culture and pushing back. If you want to support us, go to TimCast.com. Become a member. Smash that like button. Subscribe to this channel. Share the show with your friends. Joining us tonight to talk about this and so much more is Jay Dyer. Thank you. Glad to be here. Who are you? You got a bunch of books. Uh, I'm a nerd of the highest class, highest order. Uh, Chad nerd. Chad nerd. Yeah. That's good. I do geopolitics. I do philosophy. I teach courses. You can get my course right now on my YouTube channel. The links are all there. But um, I host the fourth hour of Lord Voldemort uh, every Friday, and we do debates. Debated some of the top people out there. What else? Lord do we, do? we do comedy. Yeah, I don't he know. Must not I don't, what, what, oh, I don't know. Alex Jones. It? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> But literally, you, you, you do the fourth hour of Alex's show, Alex Jones show on Friday. Quite literally. And I brought the documents, folks. Unbelievable. I have all of the documents here in front of me. Truly. Literally. Have we seen documents. an image of that? I don't, I don't think people can see the shot, books we'll and the image. It. Can you pull them up? You got some good ones. You yeah. got Klaus Schwab. You I got, got the Huxley classics. in there. You got some good stuff Huxley. in there. You got to pull them up a little bit. I got the greatest hits. Oh, yeah. There you go. Greatest hits of evil. That's, that's one set. There's a second set, too. It's the notes that make me most excited. 
Yeah, everybody laughs about these uh, sticky notes, and they're like, "What's the?" There's no rhyme or reason. They're just freaking sticky notes, man. HG Wells, there. there. That's a good one. So that way, when someone says, "There's no way Klaus Schwab said that," then you go actually, and you can pull up the book and be like, "It's right there." There's in the book. sticky notes, so clearly he said it. That's right. That proves <laughs> That's it. Proof, That's proof, right? That's like, well, it should be fun, man. Uh, glad to have you. Absolutely. Thank you to be here. Yeah, there's no way David Rockefeller called for an end of American sovereignty. Oh, wait, he did. I actually walked up mm, with well, him on actually, his own book. Actually. And yes. I also had one of those sticky notes in there. So uh, I'm excited to get into all of that. My name is Luke Radowski here of WeAreChange.org. And during these very trying, very difficult times, I think we need a hero that we all deserve right now. And for me, that, of course, is Ligma Johnson. Ligma Johnson is a candidate endorsed by Elon Musk. And I think he's going to be uh, the candidate that will help solve all of our problems in the next political election. I think if we all just focus on Ligma Johnson, the world would be just a way better place. And uh, you could, too, endorse Ligma Johnson on thebestpoliticalshirts.com because you do. That's why I'm here. Political juggernaut, Ligma yeah. Johnson. You yeah, know, yeah, Ligma Johnson. Yeah, yeah. A throw. force to be reckoned with. That's right. Absolutely. I like him. Uh, you also mentioned you're big into philosophy. I think you said you did. You study you studied it in college at some. I point? did and got ran out of there because I wasn't uh, woke enough. Well, maybe we'll talk about the philosophy of transhumanism at some point. We talked definitely dabbled a little bit in the, the show, and it always comes up when we talk about World Economic Forum. And you keep going deeper and deeper. You eventually get to people that want to live forever or right. at least extend their lifespan. They will. Man, it's nuts. Even Lex Friedman tweeted out today, sometimes things are so good and it's so sad to let go of them and see them end. And it's like just the, I see why we're transhumanists why they are the way they are because why when life is good and you're rich why would you ever want it to end I, you know i get it well search hi hey what's up ian <laughs> i am Not at search.com uh this will be a fun one uh i hope uh you guys are having a good friday let's have a good one let's jump into the story we got this from the post millennial police on high alert following death threats from an atlanta forest defenders i just want to i just want to pause right there and say um i'm gonna text libby can i text L libby she's the editor-in-chief um what's with this headline i was gonna say that's my mom's name For you texted my mom dude forest defenders <laughs> what do you mean you mean domestic terrorists you mean the city of atlanta's on high alert after antifa domestic terrorists opened fire on police and then called for assassination come on post-millennial you guys can do better than this here's the story Seven, it's from Andy No, post-millennial, seven charged with domestic terrorism following deadly shooting at Atlanta Autonomous Zone. These people firebombed buildings. These people are not from the Atlanta area. They were arrested and turns out they're from all over the place. So these random psychopaths are coming down to Atlanta, feigning some kind of outrage over a police training center, firebombing people's, firebombing houses under construction, not people living there. A dude in a truck is driving up. They firebomb his truck. Random innocent guy. He gets out and flees. They destroyed his truck, flip it over. Police jump to stop him. Guy shoots a cop, severely injuring him. The police return fire in self-defense. Antifa responds by issuing a direct call for the assassination of police in the area, putting the city on high alert. Hey, I didn't, I didn't have that one uh, on my 2023 bingo card, but it probably should have been, right? Um. Yeah, who? <laughs> I'm not even hearing about this in the news. I mean, I didn't know that there was another autonomous. It's been zone, there for right? like a and, year and a half. Uh, yeah, which which is absolutely crazy because the last time we kind of saw this, it was in Portland and it was widely talked about and people were trying to film in there. But there's there's nothing about uh, any of this that I've been actually hearing about myself. But well, uh, to be to be fair, I mean, we were really wrapped up talking about Stephen Crowder yesterday. Yeah. I mean, we couldn't we couldn't spare any time to talk about Antifa terrorists getting arrested and 
trying to kill police. So is this a situation where they're like, this is our land, and then the cop stepped on their land, and they're like, "Don't you're invading our territory, no. bang, bang. The cops were going to use the facility as a training facility. Right? They want to build a training center. Exactly. And so a bunch of psychopaths from all over the country show up pretending they're angry that Atlanta's doing this, right. and then living in trees and trying to kill people. Yeah. Like literally trying to kill people. The weather underground repeat stuff. You remember the story? Of the yeah, weather? but I don't think the weather underground ever like almost killed a cop, did no, they? No, they bombed a, a police Yeah, they did. Yeah. Uh, but, but, but my understanding is that they were doing shock and awe, that they were intentionally trying to avoid killing people, but they were trying to destroy stuff. Mm. Yeah, so, I could be wrong. I don't know. I'm not an expert on that. So, from, from, when I'm, from, so from what I'm seeing online, it looks like there was a multi-agency operation that got rid of 25 campsites that were on this autonomous zone, and they were able to find a lot of weapons, uh, a lot of different fireworks, uh, pellet rifles, gas masks, bow, uh, uh, bow torches. Uh, but uh, it looks like there was a scuffle when, of course, they were being kicked out of this location. I'm, 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 I thought I heard a story about the Weather Underground having killed the cop or something, but I think when I do a Google search, like I, I think the only thing I find is that they killed themselves. They were working on a bomb in a basement. It blew up and killed them. Because my understanding is that a lot of people talk about the weather underground and, you know, compare it to what's going on today with Antifa. And then I often hear from, you know, people who are more experts than I that, yeah, but they were doing shock and awe campaigns. They would go at two in the morning when no one was around and blow something up to be like, aha, look at us. Whereas Antifa literally just kills people. Like the dude in Portland, they walked up and just shot him in the chest, that BLM guy. And then you have all, all, all the people who died. I'll call this one indirect far left, you know, death, the, the riots, the, the summer of love. But this is like an escalation. This is they shot a cop, put him in the hospital. Yeah, we're in an age now where you can radical, where you can rally much quicker with like social media groups, like Facebook groups. So there's a lot more um, instances of people identifying with group names now. Like there's a lot of different types of Antifa groups that aren't, they probably don't even know each other. They're just saying, yeah, I'll do that too. I'll put a label on my shirt. And so there's going to be more likely you're going to see like random acts of violence and things. I think the Weather Underground was a much more focused group that started apparently in the campus of the University of Michigan in 1969. And they probably knew each other pretty well. Yeah. I don't know how. It was Bill Ayers, who was a high-level foundation guy who was basically funding and promoting all that. So that was actually an establishment-created thing, which I think Antifa is as well. So that's why I was making the uh, Weather Underground connection. And um, I think it's the same thing with... Uh, they gave a six-minute warning before bombing the New York police headquarters. The Weather Underground did? Yeah. Okay. Have you seen that interview where they say, though, the, they're interviewing the Weather Underground people and they're like, well, we want to put half of America into camps. What? Yeah. Alex plays that clip all the time. It's, wow. just, it's that they had the attitude that half of America would have to be re-educated. Re so they were, the, they were the first to call for re-education camps. Yeah. Andrew Cuomo, a very popular uh, governor from uh, New York, former governor, actually commuted a sentence for an ex-Weather uh, Underground member recently as well which he was personally, um, you know, intervened and, and defended his decision in doing so. There's a vintage uh, debate between Lord Voldemort and Bill Ayers. It's pretty interesting. I don't know if anybody could ever dig that up, but they go into that, and Alex actually brings all that up. What wow. was the topic of the debate? What were they discussing? Well, Ayers was trying to argue that he was actually working for real liberalism and real liberal causes, and I think he was making points that Tim was trying to make, that, that they weren't really wanting to supposedly hurt people but that it was a real liberal move, movement and alex is arguing that it wasn't so that it was foundation funded like a push oh interesting yeah so a ayers was like working at a high level foundation so what, what do you as know a liberal you know what the fact i don't remember if it was ford foundation something like that he had some connection to a high level i don't remember which one it was and then so they played it off as if they were anti-vietnam or something anti-war anti-establishment what was right. the real goal 
empowering the state? Uh, that depends on how legitimate, I guess, the Weather Underground themselves were. I mean, if whether they were a completely Fed-created thing or whether it was um, a kind of a steered into radicalism. Uh, you know, a lot of the COINTELPRO was designed to do that, steer people into appearing radical. It was a Richard Aoki was the guy who steered the Panthers into being radical. And that basically diffused all of their... PR, right? Because they were they were seen walking around carrying guns and America thought, oh, the Black Panthers are going to take over America. So it was and a psyop. And this is exactly why I tell people the violence doesn't work. It's yep. what the government wants. Exactly. When you get when you get violent or scary, the government can then take that, use it against you and justify expansion because regular people say, yes, please, government, do this. When Antifa goes out and do it, the media covers it up, never talks about it. Right. So no one knows it's happening. But you would think if the media did talk about it, that would be... Um, a reason to fund the FBI to investigate Antifa. Well, so what the heck's going on? Because Antifa is doing things that they want, I suppose. I don't know. I mean, look what, look, look at the Gretchen Whitmer thing. It's like 14 FBI agents and like two dudes and they try and lock them up. They want the narrative to be the far right's dangerous. They don't want the narrative to be the far left is dangerous because they want to stop Trump. Things like that. Presumably, I guess. So they're keeping Antifa in their back pocket as a militant arm of, of the liberal and economic order in case oh, I don't know, things man. don't go the way that the business is moving it? I think there's far right and far left that are kind of managed. Like the, they serve a purpose, both of these groups. And you'll notice the history of, you know, COINTELPRO. There's usually federal informants in all of these, whether it's radical Islam groups. Look up the Newberg Sting documentary. It's a classic there's documentary. There's people like Ray Epps we still haven't gotten answers exactly. about. There you go. What's he on about, you know? What's the Newberg? Yeah, my, my favorite news story was a couple of years ago of uh, the a ATF busting down an FBI ring because they were both <laughs> undercover. And hearing stories like that, uh, you know, it just, just gives me a little bit of hope. You ever hear that story of the dude who set, he created, a fake grow house he rented a house and then he put grow lights in it barry cooper is that, is that who i did believe that? so yep. and then what so what happened was he knew that the dea and the police were doing illegal raids without warrants on grow houses so he rents a house and he puts very powerful grow lights in it and nothing else but live streaming cameras then of course one day they storm into the house they break in without a warrant and there's live streaming cameras everywhere, and there's like a sign saying you're on camera or something like that. Yeah, I, I believe this was Barry Cooper. He was yeah. previously one of the top best narcotics officers in this entire country. He got multiple prestigious awards by many federal agencies, and then he just realized that the war on drugs was absolutely stupid, and he de dedicated his life towards exposing how much of, 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 of a con this was and then started to do tutorial videos about how to get away with drug dealing right. <laughs> and, and literally made tutorial videos saying, okay, drug sniffing dogs do this. Make sure you do this to not get caught. So uh, that's another uh, we, you know, uh, interesting individual that I met previously before. We put up a poll in the chat right now. Uh, who is right, Crowder or D Daily Wire, just to get your guys' thoughts on the whole thing that happened this week. Luke put up a poll. I like my poll. What does better. your poll say? Well, my poll says, uh, let, let me just pull it up here to see who, who's actually the winner here. But we need a third option here. You always need a third option. I think your option is like Democrat or Republicans. But um, surprisingly, it, it, it's tied. My poll is who is in the right. I have Crowder, option one, Daily Wire, option two. And both are status and both are wrong, option three. <laughs> I put so far, that one. <laughs> three uh, is tied with Daily Wire both oh, at 36% right now. It's with, tied. Well, yeah. So oh, wow. that, that vote's happening on my Twitter. Luke, we are changing if you want to get involved in that. I personally voted for the third option, but that's just me. Uh, but, you know, let, let the people speak. Let the, let the people vote. Both are statists and wrong. That was a good I one. I couldn't vote because I, I just didn't, I don't believe any of them are wrong. 
I, I usually don't believe in voting, but yeah, I should have. I should have. On Twitter, I put abstain, and most people said abstain. Like, I don't want to be involved. Jeffrey Epstein. Jeffrey, Jeffrey Epstein. Epstein. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I don't know, man. What do you guys think, huh? Is twenty twenty three going to be the year where it, it kicks off and gets you know hot conflict? Are we going to see the resurgence of the crazy Antifa stuff we saw a couple of years ago? Or is this anomalous? I think well, we, there was also another crazy story just a couple of days ago of, of, of a guy who lost a local election and then went up and, and, shot, up and shot up the home offices of uh, the, 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 Democrats. The, the Democrats. So, you know, that's another you know, story Man. that I, I think um, Can you believe should be talked about. Our first swatting was one year ago this month. Oh, happy anniversary. Yeah, it was the 6th. It was January 6th, our first swatting. Congrats. Yeah. yeah. I, I 15, think 15 times since then. If we sit by and just complain, it will, we'll see more violence and probably the, the dissolution of the United States. But if we actively create technology and structures and communities that are resilient to this kind of thing, I think we'll easily be able to bypass this and remain a global leader. So, so I think personally that there is a larger divide and conquer agenda meant for the American people to tear each other up, beat each other up, and find each other as each other's enemies. Meanwhile, the real kind of culprits, the real kind of people behind the scenes that are hurting both people are getting away with a lot of their crimes against humanity. And seeing the, the, the point that we are at right now, where a lot of people are even afraid to have civil conversations at the dinner table with each other's family members, seeing at, at the situation where we are so polarized, we are so divided. The ingredients that created that situation, the social media algorithms, the divisive, emotional, hyperbolic psyops, the, the news coverage that, that, again, is used to manipulate people, all those ingredients haven't gone away. You add that to the larger ingredients of, of people getting sicker, getting more unhealthier, not just physically, but also mentally. You add that to poverty increasing. Uh, we're, we're, we have a recipe for disaster with all these ingredients kind of coming here together. And I think it's, it's only going to get way worse from here, which is absolutely horrible and something that should be prevented and we should have a real conversation about. But sadly, we don't have that conversation. And sadly, uh, these ingredients are just being, being added to this larger mess of a situation that we're all in. When you say only getting worse, like, what do you mean exactly? Because I know things will get better as well, but what do you mean So as exactly? far as like mental health, right? Mental health has been declining dra dramatically in this country. That's going to have a severe effect on whether people act violently. You look at the destruction of the family unit. Uh, when you look at the radicalization that happens, uh, not just in the Middle East, but, but with any kind of form of radicalism, one of the key components is not only low intelligence, but it's also... Uh, low income, not a lot of ability Cousin to banging. have money, and not banging at all, not having the opportunity to find a, a, a female or a male spouse. They attribute to this specifically in the Middle East because there's a lot of men that have multiple wives, meaning oh. that there's a lot of guys who can't have a wife, meaning that they're more likely to be radicalized. Now, with the destruction because of the family unit, with people becoming poorer, people becoming more crazier, there's <coughs> going to be more violence in the United States, whether we like it or not. It's That's because they, they, they promise them 72 virgins in heaven. Yeah, true. This was a story, uh, it's a crazy story. I was reading about uh, Hashash, the Hashashin, I think it was called. It's like the, the origination of the assassins, yeah. yeah. Yeah, basically this dude would drug young men and then drag their bodies to a, like a poppy field with a bunch of like beautiful men Bates. dancing around. And then they'd wake up and he'd be like, this is paradise. Look at all these women, they're all yours. And they'd be like, oh, how do I, what is this like? Oh, but you can only get it if you serve and do what you're told. And he's like, oh, and then they drug them again drag them back to where they were before and then they wake up and like what was that vision and he's like if you do everything i say you will go back there and so the assassins people don't understand 
they they it's like we have this vision of assassins as you know ninjas wearing all black crawling in through the ceiling taking out the emperor and then like throwing a rope and scurrying away and that's not at all the assassins the true assassins would dress like a priest or a farmer walk in stab the crap out of the leader and then be killed on the spot by the leader supporters they were they were like ah now i can go to paradise or whatever so suicide bombers of the day basically yep, yep. Yeah. yeah, and with people being poor, not getting laid, and then having more mental health problems, and a lot of sand. That you is, got, yeah, you got heat. No joke. Sand in places where you know you, hurts, you don't want. You know? That's why that's the fasting, I think, from Ramadan is so important because it would keep the super the hot heat. You can't you can't discount the hot heat of the Middle East. That's hot the big heat. Part. Yeah, the hot hot heat. heat. Um, that's been by the way. Great band, hot heat. Yeah, yeah. This basically what led to Nazi Germany was the was the extreme the degradation poverty. It wasn't the sand, oh, surprisingly. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't the heat, um, but it was like environments where people didn't have no money. They yeah, were World War One created that situation where, of course, they were made to sign a treaty that essentially robbed them of a lot of their wealth. And uh, you, no, you make you make a great point. There's a there's a, 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 some study or something. I remember hearing about this during the Arab Spring. Three components that led to the revolutions, and it was like the high cost of food the uh, inability to work and like a lack of shelter or something like this. Like, I can't remember what the exact components were, but when, when you have high levels of homelessness, unemployment and inflation, for obvious reasons, everything falls apart. I mean, yeah. Or like, people become well, like vulnerable to a strong personality coming along and saying, I can help you. That's the problem. Whether it's a person or a thing, we will destroy that thing and then you'll be okay. And people are like, I'm so desperate anything is better than starvation my question for jay is everything we're seeing manufactured uh not in a i mean in a in a sense uh I think, you, have, you have all these books in front of right. you talking about the global elites and all that right. we hear from them all the time about how they want less people uh that lower population growth they want more control and then i look at all the stuff like why doesn't the media cover antifa why do they run cover for antifa and it's almost like they're serving some kind of purpose. Yeah, well, I mean, the mass media is a creation of the same people that set up the Davos, that set up Bilderberg, that set up all the things that we know of as the control structure right now. So the United Nations is a creation of this same group. And so if you look at the history of the the networks, uh, CBS, NBC, those were all run by people who came out of wartime OSS intelligence, and they just took all of that information that they learned from wartime and applied it to mass media. So mass media has basically been that for this entire time. I was just watching some old Walter Cronkite award reception ceremonies, and he was getting awards for global governance back in the 80s. And he was like a you know hard, hardcore global uh, uh, promoter, um, and he was a big promoter of depopulation as well. And so that's definitely one of the themes. I did a talk, the, the Ten Commandments of the Global Elite, and that's one of those key key commandments is you have to maintain you know population down at least under a billion. That's the near term goal. So yeah. and the OSS was a predecessor to the CIA. A lot of people need to realize that as well. Uh, what are the other tenets? You said there were ten tenets of globalism. Yeah, I just kind of basically went through a lot of these texts and just kind of ferreted out what were the commonalities and just kind of came up with my own ten. But I mean, it's you know, it's a world economic system based around some form of universal basic income. It's a world religion. Uh, I mean, they all write about that. But you wokeism. Would, the first thing the first thing you mentioned uh, the central bank digital currency, then exactly. the woke religion. And also the the turning of the actual existing establishment religions into something that is a form of wokeism, yeah, like the Vatican, this kind of stuff. In my view, um, you know, it's pushing the Vatican's pushing world economic forum principles and oh, yeah. inclusive capitalism, which mm -hmm. is you know, Klaus has another book, inclusive capitalism. So, 
Um, it's about uh, penetrating the cabinets. Penetrating <laughs> the cabinets. Um, that's not one of the Ten Commandments. I was just penetration. Being the, penetration. <laughs> the it's a key component. <laughs> Um, you know, the, the, the creation of a, a single government, uh, the creation of uh, a technocratic uh, central order. I mean, the Kissinger of France, Jacques Attali, I brought his book. Um, I mean, his whole book is about transhumanism basically being the, spear, the tip of the spear for uh, the New World Order. He calls it that. Like he says, the whole chapter on this is like the tip of the spear is transhumanism. So that's another one of these tenets. So. How would transhumanism function as a tip of the spear. I mean, the first way I think of it is that they can read your thoughts with a neural net and then they can control your behavior through that. The other idea would be that they make people so depressed that they are become vulnerable to manipulation. Let me give a quick shout out to Stargate SG-1 on, on an episode that I've talked about before. For those unfamiliar, the show's amazing, by the way. It's a, a, a team travels through a Stargate portal to various <clears throat> coordinates to explore other colonies, essentially, like other planets and you know, it's it's complicated. But uh, basically, they go to one place where they, they send out a drone, little robot, and everything's destroyed. But then all of a sudden, it flashes and everything's fine. There's a barrier over this small town where everything outside of it is polluted and this force field is keeping everybody safe. They go inside, they meet people. Eventually, they're like, hey, where's that guy we met? And they go, what guy? And they're like, the guy John, we met John. And they're like, there's no one here by that name. And they're like, what? Randomly, one person just leaves the city and walks out to their death. What was happening was everyone had a neural implant. The central computer was controlling their memories. And when the force field was shrinking as it ran out of power, it would excise people by altering their brains to make them walk to their death and then make everyone forget they existed. Hmm. Well, that could be happening right now and yeah. you wouldn't know it. Memory holing, yeah. We could, like, for all, there's, there's another seat right here. Guys, look at this. There's a chair. It's it's got it, it's empty. I there's nothing. The camera's not on. <laughs> the camera's not on. I was on. For all we know, there was a, a lost fifth. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic. When I can, I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Yeah, uh, person. On Tim Kest IRL. Is memories that, have been erased. Is that really, is that part of the plan? How deep have you, have, have you peered? Pretty, pretty deep. Is what part of it? Like having like a, a invisible people's skinny memory. dude over here? Yeah, controlling people's memory to forget <laughs> no, like, the really skinny dude over Controlling here. people's minds. I mean, uh, intercepting no, that's their memories. Real. That's, that's totally real. I mean, you know, there's a, a history of DARPA text that Annie Jacobson wrote, uh, which is a really good book. Um, and she, I think she got nominated for Pulitzer. She didn't win it, but she did that other famous book on Area 51. But in her history of DARPA, she talks about how the there's actually collusion between Hollywood and DARPA to have symbiotic relationship between the creators of TV shows taking ideas like you're talking about Stargate and then they have a reciprocal relationship with DARPA where they get fed ideas and they feed ideas to people at DARPA. So um, there's a whole chapter in that too about MKUltra. I don't know if you guys know about that. Oh yeah. I know Luke, yeah. I know. Yeah, you would know about that. Well the but. CIA has been involved in Hollywood in so many different ways especially when it comes to planting and seeding ideas. There's right. a reason that they promote certain movies but they do more than that. I mean the DOD gets involved in, in a lot of movies especially when it comes to a lot of military movies a lot of war propaganda but specifically the 
larger psyops, the larger implanting of, of subconscious ideas is also done by a lot of these central controllers without a lot of people even knowing it. I just thought of, I just thought of a funny idea real quick before we show your book. I'm just like, shout out for Seamus because it's a good Freedom Tunes where it's like FBI agents are watching Luke's content. They're all, they get assigned to watch Luke and they're like, you need to watch this guy and watch out for his radicalization and radicalism. And the guy's like, yes, sir, you got it. And then it's like six months later and the guy's sitting there wearing a tinfoil hat being like, it's real, it's real. And they're like, ah, Luke got another one and they drag him off. And, but yeah, you got a book. That's my goal. <laughs> well, this, this, how, many, how many FBI agents have you, have you radicalized? De-radicalized. I hope as many as I can. I'm doing my best. Yeah, so this one is, you may have heard of John C. Lilly, right? He's the dolphin dude. Uh, he's, this was part of MKUltra. Uh, he, he was doing a lot of all experiments with dolphins. He actually had a thing for dolphins. Is that, the, is that the guy who was whacking the dolphin off? Oh, that's wow. Him. wow. That's him. Yeah, that's yeah. the dolphin Why was dude. he doing that? That's paid, paid, paid for by your tax dollars. Right. You guys, you guys <laughs> paid a dude to crank it off. And he was an early uh, like theorist when it came to how if you saw the human being as a computer, you could program the human being no, just like li- a computer. Just lift it up a little more so people can see the whole title. Oh, the book. The yeah, book. The book. Right, there you I thought you were yeah. saying lift up my spirit. No. <laughs> that too, yeah. Well, well, the way that they kind so, of uh, wait, the, the way that they influence people now is, is subconscious, but but they're moving into a new kind of way where we are going to have some kind of implantable chip inside of us today at the yeah. World Economic Forum. Uh, a Duke professor, uh, Nita Farhani, actually talked about how in the very near future we're going to have sensors in each ear in order to monitor your your brain waves all day every day. So uh, we already have wearable technology. Now we're going to have implantable technology and if you thought the subconscious psyop propaganda in the in the hollywood movies by the cia was bad imagine what happens when they get access to your brain waves and are able to manipulate that and stimulate that for what they want to encourage and what they want to discourage this is next level stuff that we're dealing with ray kurtzwell's book on the singularity has a whole chapter on that very thing where he says that they'll they'll step in between the data that comes in from the exterior to your mind and they'll have a layer in there to tell you what's coming in and it won't be the actual exterior data that's coming in from the external world it's what they want you to hear yeah. and he, sa- he says it'll be done eventually by not by nanotech when he was doing this back in the 60s he was doing the actual like rfid chip right putting it in the monkey or whatever um, but in this book he actually talks about experimenting on humans but, and, and these but, are the same i just he... want to make one more point here these are the same intelligence agencies that are already saying you can't listen to this you can't hear this they are denying you access to information on social media curating the algorithms denying people spanning people imagine what they're going to do when, the, when they're inside of your head but why was that guy cranking off a dolphin <laughs> <laughs> uh, because, the hard questions because here. mad scientists are freaks yeah yeah because I, I remember reading about something like that and then but is, is 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 he an evil guy like is this book he's writing talking about his intentions that are bad or is he writing a warning about what they're going to do and he just so happened to be a creepo who cranked a dolphin no he's the 100 percent part of it like he he's a believer in it so i mean i think all the mkultra doctors were were believers well how come how come all these people these global elites do weird weird stuff you know what i mean because when you get so much, I mean, one theory, I mean, we don't know exactly. Some people believe there's a spiritual uh, a component to this. Some people believe that they're taken over by demons. Another aspect is psychologically speaking, when you have so much power, when you have so much money, there's things that just don't affect you at all. So they keep looking for new, bizarre, crazy things that actually gives them some kind of feeling in this life since they're so numb by how much they have already accomplished in this world. So that's that's you know, another theory. There's other theories well, out there's, there as well, there's but that's one, there's, two that right, are very popular. One of the 
theories is that people who want to do really messed up things seek power in order to immunize themselves from the law and society as they seek to do it. So like, I don't know what level of power this guy had, but certainly someone who wants control, who's got messed up predilections about dolphins is going to need to insulate themselves from the law if they're going to do weird crap like that. And then you got the old Epstein stuff. Clearly these people want to get positions of power so that it's very difficult to go after. I mean, look, Andrew, Prince Andrew, why isn't that guy getting charged? I mean, what's, what's up with that, you know? Maxwell goes to jail. What about the client list? These people seek power because then they can get they can then get away with it. Because you look at you look at what happens to people who aren't in the club, like those two guys. I think where, where was it? Those two guys were they Atlanta or something, where they were trapped. They, they adopt, two gay guys adopted kids and then started raping and trafficking them for money. Those guys got arrested and people are calling for the death penalty for what they did. But then take a look at the Epstein stuff and it's like where is the client list? Yeah. People who wanted who want to do messed up crap like that seek power so they can become immunized. If they were politicians, those two two guys, they probably would have gotten away with it. Um, that, that's another aspect that people need to understand up? here. And a lot of these people are just sociopaths. So that's a third explanation. So I, I have I have these kind of two explanations. One, they're just kind of sociopaths. Uh, two, they're just kind of numb for having too much power. And then, you know, one is that they're, they're hijacked by demons. What do you, what do you think is going <laughs> there's on? A, there's a chop- demons, that explains it. <laughs> or all of all, all three all could the be above, true. right? Yeah. But there's also an element like in the Dr. Quigley's Tragedy and Hope where he's chronicling the history of the elite in the 20th century. He's one of them, by the way. He's writing an apologetic in Tragedy and Hope. There's a chapter where he talks about how the elite raised their children. And there's a, a, at least in the British tradition, he's talking about the Royal Society, that they have the tradition to intentionally inculcate psychopathy. And so one of the reasons that they would send them to elite boarding schools was to separate them from the matronly you know, raising. And this kind of has a natural production uh, of, of psychopathy. There's also inbreeding as well in, in some of the Royal Society groups, which oh, also yeah. can uh-huh. produce that. And by the way, the, the reason to answer that previous question about the tip of the spear, that's because um, that's a reference to the ongoing revolution that Huxley wrote about. So if you read Huxley not just Brave New World, but his other texts. He has an essay at the beginning of Brave New World where he says that this is the culmination of all the revolutions of the last several centuries. And that culmination is in a strictly tiered technocratic society where everybody's controlled and babies are born in, in, in test tubes. So it's, it's, a, it's an actual plan of revolution that continues uh, up into transhumanism. I, I think about like uh, people that have so much money and power starting to take the, the NPC metaphor literally, and then they look at people and they start to look at them as biomechanical machines and right. how do you manipulate and control the machine. Right. As a, and, then, and so you lose it. That's, I, I do like saying like, hey, people are NPCs, ha ha ha, but the reality is no, we're all humans and uh, we all have human rights in my opinion and, and we should support those. But I, I see that happening. Well, it's treated like a machine. So how do we tweak the machine? Yeah. What do you think is the the biggest fight that's happening right now? Because we are going through, as Klaus Schwab says, a fourth industrial revolution. But where, where do you think the front line of the fight is? Is it is it AI? Is it social media? Is it, um, you know, the subconscious propaganda? How do you see this fight unfolding? And where's the number one fight happening now? Well, I have religious views. So I think that ultimately there is that spiritual component that you were talking about. I do think at uh, at least certain sections of the elite, there is a demonic possession that occurs. So I I would agree with that. Um, So that's kind of the big picture in my view. But then, um, yeah, I think that if we don't stop the implementation of a complete tech control grid, it's over. Yeah, I I was watching this video of uh, uh, 
journalist trying to interview Klaus Schwab at Davos a few days yeah. ago. Did you guys see that? Mm-hmm. And this girl, and he's like ignoring her, ignoring her. Like he doesn't have time. He doesn't have time. And so I, I want to like Klaus. I want to be like maybe he's he's got his own path to world unification. I don't necessarily agree with, but I still I don't think he's. I think he thinks he's doing good. So in this interview, she's trying to interview him. He walks away. He comes back and he's like, "Who are you, Vis?" <laughs> who are you Vis? what company and she's like i'm independent and he's like oh yeah okay and like why are you a dick klaus like don't be a f- dick dude we need that that's he's what evil, concerns bro. me yeah maybe he is <laughs> maybe he's actually like a, a, a nasty guy i, I want to like him you, you thought these people were nice well he's got charisma <laughs> why do you want to like these crazy the charisma he's the charisma he's like a bond, bond villain yeah, yeah. thank yeah, you right. true but villains <laughs> have charisma they just use it for evil like okay, that's the point. problem with charisma is it can be used very nefariously well, I brought this classic about the technocratic age, and I think you know him. Yeah, yeah. Brzezinski. He talked about a lot of this stuff too, way before it right. was even as as relevant as it is today. Right. He really, uh, Zbigniew Brzezinski, uh, was one of, one of the biggest uh, you know representatives of the Rockefeller family. He was a part of the Council on Foreign Relations, the Bilderberg Group, their Trilateral Commission. Uh, he was the presidential uh, um, advisor. And truly was also the mastermind behind the Mujahideen and the Taliban uh, in Afghanistan as well. It, it was uh, he was the first person that I confronted, and had to run away from uh, security <laughs> right. after doing so. Yeah. Uh, and they're still on YouTube, right? Yeah, in fear for my life. It's uh, a sit down and shut up. Yeah, between two ages. <laughs> yeah, the and then the, the, book. the subtitle is the best part because it's America's role in technocratic era. He's not around anymore, is he? No, he passed away. Era. But yeah. his daughter is, of course, Mika Brzezinski on MSNBC. It. Oh wow! Um, and uh, I confronted him specifically about him talking about the Great New World Order right. and him starting essentially Al Qaeda and him being responsible for doing so in American tax dollars with a foreign policy move that bit us uh, in the back and also having culpability in the events that happened in New York City on uh, 9-11. So it was a very interesting conversation. Uh, watch, it's the first video. I think if you go to my YouTube channel, We Are Change, you go to the oldest video, you'll see it right there. But he talked about a lot of this technocratic stuff. What, what was your biggest takeaway from Between Two Ages? Between Two Ages has um, essentially all of the plan laid out in the 19, uh, early 70s, and it caught the eye of David Rockefeller. So he talked to Kissinger about this book, and he's like, oh, I like that guy. Get him in some kind of steering committee. Yes, yes, we will do that. We'll create a steering committee right away. That's literally what they did. They had yeah. a conversation about it. That was, a good, that was they, a good impression. They created Trilateral Commission, and then boom, uh, uh, there's a big news there. Zbigniew's there running it. And he's basically from the behind the scenes, like you said, doing a lot of the, uh, the black ops and all this kind of stuff. Um, but the book is really just saying that all of reality will have to change. And we're right now, and he's saying the 70s, in this position between the Great Reset, right? I mean, he doesn't use that terminology, but it's the exact same plan. That's the point is like you go all the way back to H.G. Wells, you know, 100 years ago. And he was laying out with Bertrand Russell in the Royal Society, in the Fabian Socialist Society, the exact same plan that Brzezinski's talking about. It's it's to the to a T. You, right? you, know, you know the funny thing about it is, like the the progenitors of the New World Order and the Great Reset and all this stuff are all very very old or dead, and the people they're giving it to who are right. inheriting it, inheriting it are incompetent and Tech fumbling, <laughs> but they're failing. Yeah, they're fumbling. And the, the plebs they were supposed to control are, are, are privy to what they're doing. 
and we're complaining about it. And it's just, it's funny because I like, I just want to imagine you go back to like Jekyll Island and all the weird plans and the Federal Reserve and they're like, we'll have absolute control. And then a hundred years later, they're moron grandchildren are like, I have no idea what I'm doing. And it's just all falling apart. Tim, I want to tell you about the metaverse. You're going to love it. You're going <laughs> to be laying in a pod for the rest of your life. Your vitamins will be souped into your body. <laughs> you even have the eyes, the neurotropics in your eyes. Are I, I've explained this to people. You're going, it's going to start like this. Okay, we're doing remote work. We're in lockdown number two. Just put on your, your metaverse headset, sit in your chair, and then you're using the joysticks to move around. A few years go by, a few generations of virtual technology. No one will leave their houses. You'll wake up, you won't shower or brush your teeth because you will already be in your pod when you wake up. You'll just click the button on your visor and then you will be in the front of your virtual office building and you, a dragon, will walk in where hockey players are walking around talking about sales pitch numbers and a giant carrot walks up to you and says, look, you didn't get the report done last night. I need the report. When all of a sudden his boss, a rabbit, walks over and says, no, 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 no. I don't want to get any negativity today. We got a big important meeting. Cover those reports. Then you walk into an office where Super Mario is is doing sales report meetings because everybody's going to identify in weird, weird ass ways. And that's the weird world you're going to live in. And get this. I shouldn't even say office building. You're going to literally walk into Bowser's castle and they're going to be like, we hear it, Funko sales. We like having a good time. So our office building is, is, is Bowser's castle. And there's, you know, Princess and Mario are talking in the corner or whatever. And it's just weird. And you're going to be talking business in this crazy broken world where was, a carrot's complaining about stuff. I was picturing people being fed by tubes of like liquid fluid and uh, then their Bugs. teeth falling out because they don't brush them. Like you were saying, they're in the thing all day. They don't need to wash and clean. The teeth will fall out. All of them will fall out. And then they'll start having kids with no teeth. No, 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 and no, no. Like, we'll no, start no, no. creating I, I gotta, humans with no teeth. I, I, I got to stop you. People's teeth will actually get way better because they won't be eating breads and sugars. That's what and I thought at first. <laughs> But I could see yeah, it going just, in either I, direction. It's like just IVs, you know, or, or plugs or whatever it may be. But, the, but we also have to understand the internet is dominated by a lot of adult content. Now imagine having <laughs> VR and being in a place where you're inundated with the internet and you're going to be seeing a lot of weird, crazy stuff, especially because people can't kind of unhook and, uh, and get away from it. But Jay, from your experiences, from what Tim just said, how accurate is that? And how do you see the future kind of shaping? Uh, and not by but what you want, but what you've read and what they're calling for. Yeah, well, that's the world I want, right? That's I want. I want to. Right? You want to go to work at Bowser's I wanna, Castle? Yeah, right. Um, Your boss is a dude, but he avatars as Princess Peach, and it's like just Princess Peach is like, "Look, I told you, you couldn't be selling these things in the office. These digital widgets." I'm sorry, Peach. I, I mean, Jim. Back to the brickyard with you. Smash him with your head. Get it. No, I mean, so the, well, in uh, Jacques Delis' book, Brief History of the Future, he has a section where he talks about that when you're basically in the Kumfod pod phase, you're going to be bitch, you're going to be bitched around by a robot that will be your monitor. So, I mean, he actually, it's all planned out to where it's like, you won't get access to the outside world except through this like bitch bot monitor that, that tells you anything that you need to know. So that's kind of what the chat GBT that's rolling out is this early phase of what you see in movies like Spike Jones's Her. Um, there's also a really good movie that makes Tim's point, which is called The Congress. I don't know if you've ever seen that, but it's it's a classic with an uh, indie sci-fi movie from like 2010. It's got Robin Wright in it, and um, mm. they scan her in as an actress, and the company owns the scan. She dies, but then like a thousand years into the future, 
everybody's interacting in the metaverse as dragons and Mario and yeah. whoa, it's called the con- it's called the Congress. Yeah, it's a great. Movie. Ooh, I want to check that out. That's so. Funny. I just that's part of why I'm obsessed with these contracts. But perpetuity. Is- everybody's in the metaverse, like wearing the, they're wearing the you know, headset or whatever it's in their head. But everybody's walking around in tattered rags, like they're fentanyl zombies. But they're living in the metaverse. So it's- have have you seen the the video out of Philly of the that drug? epidemic or whatever where everyone's taking some I forgot what it's called but they're all like shaking and shambling back and forth yeah. it's called uh, Flocka no it's not Flocka it's not Flocka no the Flocka one makes people go like and go crazy mm. the Philly one is like Trace or something like that mm. and it makes people like look like zombies shaking back oh, and forth I've seen this too yeah. you yeah, know man. in that book we were just talking about uh, Zvigny Brzezinski's what, Between Two Worlds Between Two Ages I'm, yeah. Between Two Ages I imagine the ages are the age of the liberal economic order and the age of the new world order and that we are in the middle of the transition but you said mentioned the Fabian Society has also been talking about this stuff mm-hmm. that's 1884 Way before the liberal economic order was formed. I mean, technically, I guess the British Empire. So is it the way the British Empire is now evolving into a world empire? Correct. Trank. It's called Trank. Thank Mm. you. What's so, the, so if I could ask you, uh, sorry, oh, I, I, no, I no, didn't mean to cut you off. book on the Fabian, but we'll get into that. <laughs> but I just minute. wanted to ask you, Jay, because a lot of people have different kind of understanding and, and perspectives. Who do you see at, at the top of the pyramid here? I know that's a very kind of open-ended, generalized question and kind of hard to answer, but I don't know if... The Amish. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about, dude. The AQ. No, I'm joking. Right. People that grow their own food. <laughs> That's just a joke. Actually, yeah, you will get raided. You will get raided. No, I, I think that, so at the tip top is a spiritual dimension with the devil. I would think there's a real devil. I think that's the best explanation for why this same sort of model like continues in history to repeat. Um, but anyway, beyond that, I think that when you look at these you know, big steering committees, CFR, Council of Foreign Relations, if you look at... Um, Davos, these are basically frontispieces for this inner core, which is the same structure that's been there. It's that secret security apparatus that set up, uh, you know, the OSS, the CIA in 1942, 1947. It's the British structure, the Milner roundtable groups. That's who's running this whole thing. So I think it's fair to say that there is a larger spiritual and energetic component to this that we definitely do not understand. But but it's interesting because you just mentioned that there these kind of individuals are calling for the same thing throughout many different years and many different decades. I, I absolutely agree with you. What are they calling for exactly? How would you explain that to the kind of normie Kyle and Karen out there? What think, are they calling for? What's the what's their goal? I think the elite ideology nowadays is wedded to a form of uh, extreme Darwinism, where it, there's a social Darwin Darwinian attitude that if you are in power, you have the right to be in power. And that goes along with the the belief that actually goes back to Plato and the Republic that the human population has to be kept at a certain level uh, for the ideal balance. Plato's whole system was based on Pythagoras's number mysticism, and so there's a lot of hoodoo in that. But what the, what today's elite have borrowed or taken from Plato isn't the idea of dialectics. And part of dialectics is that you have to do evil and good at the same time. Yeah, he also believed in prob- problem-reaction-solution. That's exactly. where a lot of the larger uh, kind of um, um, you know, implementation of a lot of yeah, the programs Pl- that they do. Plato thinks that society should be controlled by a secret society that lies to the public. It's called the noble lie. And it's a, it's a loose kind of technocratic model, even though he didn't believe it. They didn't know about technology per se and the, the way that we do. In Plato's Republic, you have discussions of techne, which is the same idea. And the whole idea is that society should be run like a giant math program. 
And so Plato said the philosopher king goes and studies on a mountain for 30 years and learns math. And then he comes back and he impresses upon the city, on the society, the mathematical geometrical principles of an ideal state. That's what the Republic is. And then in later books, he says that actually it should just run, be run by an oligarchy. That is a secret society, <laughs> right? Wow. So, yeah, and they have to lie to the public. And and Plato was famous for eugenics, for uh, this idea of you know keeping the population at a very, very su- sustainable level. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Um, and you, you know, he even says that not to feed the the plebes meat. They got to eat rice. They got to eat kibble. That sounds familiar. Yeah, I've heard right. that before. That, yeah. That's Bill Gates' major pledge. Wow. And what they've been talking about at Davos. Um, c- continue. Go. Uh, we got to get, get the numbers down. Uh, everybody's got to be eating some kibble. Uh. <laughs> kibble. <laughs> Pretty I, much that's what they have us eating, dog food. I, yeah, hold on. Dog food is meat. No, not not the Chinese-made stuff. There's a okay, whole... Okay, well, hold on. Yeah, I don't know what dog food you're uh, getting for Atlas. No, I'm not getting the Chinese-made stuff. That's right. Stuff. Good dog food is meat. A lot After World War II, they created dry animal food, dog and cat food. It used to be all meat, and then they were like, we need the meat for the troops, so let's create some new pharma thing, biopharma. I don't know what is in this bread that they're giving to cats. That it, whether you think cat, your cat's not supposed to be fat. It's fat because it's eating bread. Like And cats can't digest that stuff. It's yeah, not, they're carnivores. Feed your animals True meat. Well, have you tried Beyond Kibble? <laughs> <laughs> I've got a new company called Beyond Kibble. So I used to... Uh, Plato's like one of my idols, but I just don't know a lot about him, Well, there's him, good and bad in Plato. Why like, would you have an idol that you don't know much about? Yo, he thought Klaus Schwab was a nice guy. Come yeah. on. I mean, I've always looked up to the idea of Plato People are like, because I, of platonic I, love, things like that. Like this this concept that you can have brotherly love with humans is, is strictly platonic, apparently. Um, so uh, w- He's done a lot of good, but apparently. Platonic. And I love the idea of him sitting with Socrates who's tripping out, just saying the most crazy stuff, and he's writing it down. Yeah. Like, yo, I'm gonna rem- this world's going to remember this dude. So would you say like Plato is like the, the founding father of the, of the Illuminati? Uh, yeah, ultimately. That's a You're good You're talking about that Jay-Z it. thing? That music group? <laughs> no, like the Illuminati is like a vague generalized term to talk about a lot of the powerful people that, that kind of rule things in secret. It's 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 been popularized by people like Tupac who've talked about it and made songs about it, but it's, it's just kind of a name for the people behind the scenes. Well, funny you said that because the origin of the phrase Illuminati, which comes out of the French Revolution. The, the illuminated ones. It's the illuminated ones. And I've just been reading this history of Byzantium and the, the Cambridge guys talking about how when Platonism made a resurgence in Byzantium, right when Byzantium was about to fall, uh, they were called the illuminated ones, the Illuminati in Byzantium, the, the radical wow. Platon. They were atheist wow. Platonists. And then they influenced the socialists of the French Revolution, the Jacobins, who were the Illuminati, historically speaking. Is this like the Hermetic Society, too? Does that all come from... Some of them were, yeah. So Plethon was the uh, Byzantine Platonist who was a Hermeticist, yeah. Um, and so it comes up to, fat, flash forward to the future, 19, 1884, Fabian Society. Who are the, who's the Fabian Society, and how are they involved? So in this? this is created by uh, the Rhodes uh, Milner uh, circles, uh, n- namely the Royal Society. It's, it's a, one of the offshoots of that. Um, Cecil Rhodes was the Diamond De Beers magnate. Uh, working together with other uh, elite banking families, right? Um, and they sort of set up a model for control that was modeled on the British East India Company. Um, Cecil's, Cecil's thing was diamonds, but that 
gave him the idea from secret societies like Freemasonry to create his own society called the Society of the Elect. And the plan was originally to bring America back under the British Empire. Um, they didn't really succeed at that. But what they did do was make alliances with the wealthiest families in the U.S., who were all, namely David Rockefeller, for example, who were not just influenced by von Hayek and Austrian economics. Uh, David was actually really influenced by the Harvard socialist uh, Harold Lasky. And that's what got him into Fabianism. And that's why Rockefeller, for example, was a big fan of, of Mao. Like he wrote uh, editorials in 1979 in the New York Times saying that Mao's experiment was this great thing. So the wealthiest people that you could think of in America, J.P. Morgan Chase, right, they're all funding and supporting socialism. Even Brzezinski in Between Two Ages cites Anthony Sutton, who's Anthony Sutton's famous uh, the professor who wrote the book. Uh, Wall Street and the Bolshevik Revolution and Hitler Hitler and uh, in Wall Street talking about how the elites funded these groups right and especially the Bolsheviks and the communists and the Chinese specifically and the Chinese Revolution uh, that was a major component of the Rockefeller family that correct. loved everything they were doing uh, the whole Cultural Revolution they they were loving seeing all that the one child policy again spurred on by a lot of these larger eugenicists that are using China as their larger playing ground uh, testing out all this latest and greatest uh, social credit score technological enslavement of human beings and a lot of people believe China is separate and a threat when in reality China has been taken over by a lot of the western elites who, that are using it as a model for the world as Klaus Schwab says China is uh, the world that we want to uh, be envisioned. The model, yeah. Sorry I cut, cut you no, off because I, I just, I just had a, right. a thought that. I just yeah so the, the, the Fabians are really just the ideologues who took Marxism and wanted to reform it. And their ideology was was better. It was more successful, more useful than classical Marxism because they were like, oh, the proletariat will rise up, and then proletariat just cares about going to lunch and eating their lunch pail, right? They're not interested in Marxist theory, right? So, what the the Fabians realized was that if we combine the Marxist revolution with big money, we could have a lot more effect, and that's precisely what they did. And so Beatrice Sidney Webb, George Bernard Shaw, they actually got to be really bu good buddies with a lot of the American industrialists and elites, and they influenced them, including you know, uh, Henry Ford, to be into forms of socialism. And so that's why the whole push for the last century is this sort of technocratic socialist model. So can, like can, we, can we just do the same thing, but like any other way? Can we like get some prominent libertarian-minded individuals to come together to form a secret society that bestows <laughs> liberty and, sh and shatters the shackles? And you know what I mean? Uh, uh, like they did it. Can't we be like, you know, me and Luke go meet and we'll be like, how can we influence people to believe in freedom? I guess we're doing it right now. So mm -hmm. yeah, well, you guys inducted me when I got here, right? The, yeah, there was an eyes wide shut ritual downstairs. Yeah, yeah, yeah he had to he had to swear an allegiance to being a personally personal responsibility personal responsibility, <laughs> freedom and liberty. So when they and I had to hit three pointers down there, so when, I didn't realize yeah, the basketball did. court. Mm -hmm. when when they, and he did, and he did. <laughs> when they I started the Federal Reserve in 1913, it seems like this is part of the movement to bring the Americans on back under the British Empire. Absolutely. So, and they did, huh? And they did it with the Bank of International Settlements in mm -hmm. Switzerland. So they're going through Swiss banks. So is the British Empire intricately woven with the Swiss banks now? With A lot of the stuff, Davos is in Switzerland, the Bank for International Settlements, which is the central bank of central banks. It's the Federal Reserve of New York, the exactly. Bank of England, the Bank of Australia, all go through the, the Bank for International Settlements in Switzerland. Yeah. Absolutely. How tight is this? That was a even though that was a post war creation, the BIS they created it post war to be that neutral kind of central bank of central banks, like you said. 
Um, and it's modeled exactly the same way as the U.S. Federal Reserve's model, which is itself modeled on the Bank of England. So it was all modeled uh, in, in regard to the Milner Fabian circles who instructed their dude, um, Colonel Edwin Mandel House, who was the handler for uh, Woodrow Wilson. So that's why all of this gets pushed under Woodrow Wilson. So the, the League of Nations was created to be that first attempt at global government government under the Wilson administration, right? They were pushing that then. That didn't, It failed. And so they need another world war, and then that led to United Nations, and it's the exact same people that set that up. But what? it's set up by the by the same people setting up the BIS. Yeah, and the land uh, that was donated for the United Nations was donated by David Rockefeller, who, of course, played a very key role in setting up this kind of international institution that would bring all the governments together in order to set some kind of soft form of world government. Uh, and when you look at the United Nations, the way it was built, uh, a lot of the kind of weird kind of occult stuff inside of it, 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 it goes along with the same kind of larger principles and ideologies that a lot of these kind of Satanists uh, also kind of uh, profess and express. What caused the League of Nations to fail? Uh, it didn't have any military prowess, and it was, it was at that time they weren't able to convince Americans to go along with it. So actually Congress didn't go along with Woodrow Wilson's um, internationalism that he was pushing, but uh, they did get the bank pushed at that time, right? So it, it took several more decades to get the U.S. to go along with this stuff, and that's the key role that a lot of the British uh, intelligence assets played, including Ian Fleming of James Bond fame. So um, William Stevenson uh, of Canada, who was British intelligence in Canada, he had an office in uh, Rockefeller Plaza. Um, Noel Coward, uh, the author, you probably heard of him, and Ian Fleming were able to convince the U.S. to set up its secret security establishment in 1942 and they put bill donovan uh, as head of that that becomes eventually the cia right so that's that secret establishment it's really just a private army the rockefellers is, is what it amounts to do you think this is a bit more uh, anecdotal but do you think that there were like greater global powers that pushed germany into world war ii and hitler was kind of like a useful idiot or did he actually seize control and just go rogue no i think that he was funded by these families and that if you read there's a whole chapter that quigley covers it's called the appeasement plan so the british had a dual pol- the british had a dual policy where on the one hand they were secretly supporting hitler because they wanted the war but then they were publicly opposing him and that's because as quigley says and actually the dude from stratford agrees with this the the whole 20th century was to exhaust and get rid of the anglo-american establishments two main rivals the russia and austro-hungarian empire the, the 20th century does that particularly so the first two world wars get rid of that cold war basically depletes and gets rid of russia that was that key role that um, brzezinski played in getting russia bogged down in the 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 Afghanistan conflict, and then they lose the Cold War. Oh, and then a, lot, a lot of people need to understand too that the United States was very pro Nazi and pro Hitler. I shouldn't say the entire the country, but uh, many the, of the elites. He was time many many of the year. Yeah, the the, the Bushes. Yep. Uh, Prescott, Prescott Bush, Bush, who was a senator at the time, was actually uh, <clears throat> trialed uh, for supporting the Nazis. Uh, there was also huge stadiums in Madison Square Garden where they had full on Nazi rallies that were that were filled to capacity. Crazy. There was uh, a lot of very powerful individuals that were bankrolling them, financing them. Many powerful corporations, uh, you know, corporations like Coca Cola. IBM, um, and of course, um, a lot of the bigger influence from Hitler came from a lot of the eugenics 
uh, Rockefeller-funded medical uh, studies and boards that, of course, he paid for and financed that essentially created the theory that Hitler was going on with his larger uh, genocide and Yo, eugenics is, program. Look at this. Look at this. Uh, these photos. from This is from NPR. This is crazy stuff. Yeah, that's Madison Square Garden. Yeah, Madison mm-hmm. Square Garden, Nazi rally in, uh, was it 1939? Yeah, Henry Ford was also another uh, big and supporter. When, when, did the, when did World War II start? It was 1939. Was, right, I was going to, yeah, that's crazy. Yep. And then all of a sudden, all the banks were like, wait, wait, we got to stop. We got to stop. We can't support this. In 1938, Hitler was Time Person of the Year. Yeah, he was on Time Time Magazine. Time Magazine was run by Henry Luce, who was Skull and Bones. I got, uh, I went to an antique store, a couple of them uh, in West Virginia, because there's tons. People love antiquing out here. And I I was able to buy hundreds of Life Magazine going all the way back. I got, I think I have the first issue, actually, which was like a couple hundred bucks. I was really excited to get it. And we're going to be putting at the new studio like a viewing library where you can go back and read all of the contextual perspectives. It was it is crazy to read about World War II before they knew what was going on. Nuts! In one of the, one of the magazines, they're like the U.S. sent defensive machinery and equipment to the U.K. to prevent an invasion, and it basically shows the armaments for D-Day. Like we now know. The U.S. was sending weapons so they could storm the beaches of Normandy. Back then, it was reported that they were just defending the U.K. Oh, you mean the news was lying to people for military <laughs> game? Really? Well, I mean, look, I don't yeah, expect no. them to be like, we're going to invade. Yeah, of course, you know no. What I mean? like, the whole thing was a subterfuge played on the Germans, essentially, so they didn't know when they were coming or where they were it, coming from. It really is. These, these magazines are incredible. To, like, read history in the perspective of the day with no foreknowledge, having the gift of hindsight to read, like, it's, it's just a crazy thing to read someone, a journalist, be so wrong about Dude, it's everything. It's part of why we need to preserve our data and why censorship is dangerous and why we need like external sources of data collection because we need like our, our data should be in orbit in glass in case a meteor annihilates the surface so that we can see what the mistakes we made along the way and all the things like what you're talking about, how we manipulated our enemies in the past, how they can be manipulating us right now. Mm-hmm. Do you think that when the Soviet Union was falling apart with this, this concerted effort to make the Russians and the Austrian-Hungarian Empire disappear that when because I think when they split up the Soviet Union the oligarchs or whoever split it up gave the Black Sea to Ukraine they took right. it away from Russia they didn't yeah. want them to have Mediterranean access so was that you think that was intentional oh, absolutely like, yeah, that's a classic strategic area Ukraine is right so uh, Hitler had that as a really important area when he was trying to you know go against Russia um, but the Cold War in my view was was a managed dialectic ultimately I mean not saying it didn't I mean my uncle was like a you know Air Force guy in the Cold War so I'm not saying that people didn't do stuff but uh, at the at a higher level, you know, these are the people who wanted there to be a dialectic between, you know, Eastern capital or uh, Western capitalism and Eastern Soviet bloc communism to smash the two together. And what you get out of that is what's called a third way synthesis. And even back in the day, in the in like the 30s, Bertrand Russell was writing in Scientific Outlook as a high level, you know, elite planner at the Royal Society. He was writing and saying that he says, quote, the experiment in Russia under Stalin is going great. And you'll find them talking about, David Rockefeller talks about Mao's, you know, experiment. These are experiments, I think, of, of technologies of governance. They want to see how they work. I think, I think Nazism was the same thing. And so they, they find what works well in what regions. Um, that's why the West is still promoting, you know, Azov Battalion and that stuff in Ukraine now, right? I thought we were supposed to be against Nazis, right? America, right? But in the Ukraine, it's cool. I mean, it makes no sense, right? But it makes sense from a geopolitical strategic standpoint. So absolutely, like the, the point was to deplete, destroy Russia, ultimately for integrating every, everything into a technocratic order. That was the plan 100 years ago.
what we're seeing now. So yeah, I guess it sounds like it was the plan two thousand years ago with Plato, but he, or at least he was giving the philosophy. Well, the plan hadn't. Yeah, I think Pla- Plato thought that you could have a like a city state, but I don't know if he thought like the whole world would com- you know conform to this. Maybe he thought that. I think later Platonists, like in the Middle Ages, thought we could take that model and it actually should be the whole world. I mean, you even see this in Enlightenment philosophers, like you know Kant has a whole thing about how to create a world government. So okay. Yeah. So where, where, where are we going? I guess my question for you is with all this, all this talk about the World Economic Forum, everything they're talking about doing, they want to ban free speech. Based on everything you've read, where do you think the next steps are? Where, where are they going to try and bring us? So a lot of these books do talk about uh, 10, 20, 30 year actuary plans. So the next 10 years is to get in things like the CBDC. It's to get in things like Universal basic income, if people accept it, um, we had, you know, uh, Klaus and they were running cyber polygon. So, and they were just recently talking about large scale, uh, internet cyber outages. I mean, when they run a lot of these drills, not always, but a lot of times the drills, you know, kind of presage what's going to come. So I would say in the next 10 years, we could, we could expect that kind of stuff. They're talking about like a cyber nine 11. Yeah. Some, some great catastrophe. What is, what is that going to look like? You think freezing up, freezing out bank accounts we saw with the, uh, the airlines, no. They're saying some guy deleted some files on accident, but mm-hmm. then we saw the Bank of America thing where people's money started disappearing. They said, oh, it was a glitch. If, if we actually got some cyber shutdown, I remember there was this big thing in the hacker community people were telling me about. I'm not an expert. Many of you listening maybe know. It's called DNS cash poisoning. You guys might know about that. Apparently, there was this big thing that happened where uh, domain, DNS, domain, was it domain name servers? Mm-hmm. The, the directory for the internet had some kind of exploit. And a small group convened all the great powers of the internet and said, hey, guys, if anyone finds out about this, if this gets out, internet gets shut down. And so they secretly worked behind the scenes, fixed the problem, and then came out and said, you guys had no idea how close you were to the entirety of the internet going down. If something like that were to happen, our economy would be overnight. Yeah. I mean, you, you go to these small, small cafes and everything's digital. You go to Starbucks. It's like, who uses cash? But if the internet goes down, you're not doing transactions with a credit card. Credit card will be a piece of plastic. Nothing. Yeah. No way to transact any of this stuff. I mean, that could that would that. I mean, I think that's a possibility for what yeah. they may be talking about. That, that's the problem. What's going to be the reaction? What's going to be the solution? I think that's the important thing to really kind of uh, look at here. We were talking about what what's happening with Bank of America, the FAA, the Canadian FAA. Uh, a lot of people are kind of speculating that there's a big possibility that these are ransom attacks. It's also important to note here that a lot of these ransom attacks are directly because, uh, and I believe Edward Snowden said this a couple of years ago, was that the CIA and the NSA built specific toolkits. They built specific online weapons that could hack a lot of uh, online websites, a lot of important key pieces of infrastructure. Those toolkits were just allegedly stolen and now any hacker could get access to them was this done deliberately was this something done that uh was was just uh, a part of a larger plan here was this an accident was this done on purpose i think those are questions that people should be asking themselves since these larger ransom attacks that were in the news a couple months ago especially affecting uh, american oil supply in the southeast of the united states um we paid for these tools kits that are being used right now for these ransom attacks people need to understand that what's happening here was directly a responsibility of some of the biggest agencies in Washington, D.C. When were these toolkits taken? 
Um, I got to I got to look it up just to give you a concise answer uh, about this. But I believe um, Edward Snowden did uh, uh, a, a big expose on all of this. You could definitely call it a form of theft, but it's more keep in mind that they copied those tool sets. So now there's multiple copies of them floating around. Yeah, it's all out there. Future sounds fun and exciting. <laughs> I don't even know. Do I, I recommend I, re- I recommend getting out of cities, buying chickens, yeah. maybe some goats. Like some people say, we're not even there. No, won't even be humans in a hundred years. Like I'll be I, AI at that point. I don't I, know if that's. that's I did. A, I did a segment talking about how we will not be able. Like if population collapses, all of the luxuries you know will be gone. Like let me ask you a question: How does how does that TV up there work? Do you know? Does any does any can everybody can anybody give me a fundamental explanation? Man, I can look at a computer processing a board, but I have no idea what where what copper gets soldered where exactly. and gets twisted onto the. Here's what I know: the TV that's an LED light emitting diode. They're lined up. They emit colors. I got no idea how you convert. You create a graphical user interface. If if the population collapsed, so would we? we there are people who probably know how to make a screen, who know how to make glass who know how to make a circuit board that don't know how to make a TV because it's all of the different companies coming together. That's the problem with these replaceable parts factories in general is that people don't know the entire process anymore. The artisanal labor no, 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 of it's, workshops it's, it's, is gone that's, now. It's, we have it's, that's a, a function of reality. No one person can know how to make a toaster. Think, now, here's, here's what I did say, and, and, and these leftists tried mocking me for it. We do have layman understanding of certain things which will benefit us in rebuilding if population collapsed. Like, like, I don't know how to smelt or anything like that or, or, or mine ore or make iron. I couldn't make you a cast iron skillet, but I do know general things. I was shown by a geologist, iron-rich ore deposits, iron-rich mud, and where iron comes from. And I have a basic understanding of melting things down because we've actually, we got a crucible and a kiln and all that stuff, and we've melted down metals before. But if I were to try, I'll put it this way. If the society collapsed, me here and all this luxury, all this stuff, it would take me years to figure out how to make a piece of metal. Years. Now, that's better off than a tribal, you know, caveman or whatever. It took them generations. So there is that benefit. But people don't understand how much you will lose if the grid goes down. Yeah. Uh, to answer your question, Ian, it was March of 2017. Newsweek actually had an article about this that was titled, Edward Snowden Slams NSA Over Ransom Attacks, and essentially lays out the argument how the NSA could have prevented a lot of this, but they uh, acted in a way that allowed these kind of attacks to happen and to continue to happen when they could have prevented them and stopped them, but they didn't. So was it an accident or did they do it on purpose? For me, I don't know. We don't have the evidence, but I think they did it on purpose. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm now of the belief that there is no monolith within these industries, within the NSA, CIA, American government. Like there may be one guy in that department that has a connection to a CIA, to a spy in China that's making calls that seem normal or slightly, you know, and then you're like the entire the entire thing's compromised at that point. I don't know how to how to stop that mm-hmm. ever, ever. It's like globalization is inevitable. The, the more we are in touch, the more connected we become, whether we want to or not. By the way, there's a uh, Anne Rand dystopian story that's like what you're talking about, where it's like I don't know, hundred thousand years in the future, and they everything's everybody's for, forgotten all the skills, yeah, and then somebody like finds in a, a, a cave stash somewhere like plans like how to make something really basic. Star Trek Next Generation, they go to a planet where no one knows how anything works. There's an AI that just controls everything, and they're like, trust the AI. <laughs> AI will keep us safe and just does everything for us. And they're bas- the adults are basically children. They couldn't tell you it's magic. 
Logan's Run. Have you seen that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. A long time ago. Yeah. Classic. They keep them young and dumb, everybody's kids. And then when you hit age 30, you like float up into this oven and get cooked. Because <laughs> yeah. you can't so live funny. beyond 30, right? So Yeah, they have lights in their hands. And as you get closer to 30, it starts turning red. And then when you're 30, it flashes. Yeah. And then Logan's like, I don't want to die. And then he runs away. <laughs> that's yeah. awesome. That's, yeah. where we're, that's where we're headed, something like that. Although, if you're an elite, you know, you'll live forever. Right. If you're a pleb, it's like the time machine. You know the oh, like the, the, the H.G. Wells. Yeah, human civilization splits into humans. Yeah. Humans split into two different species: the smart and stupid, or whatever. So Eloy and Morlocks. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's right. I think we'll, we'll inevitably. Firstly, I think that we are going to evolve the ability to see different frequencies, so that we'll be able to delineate what's what's natural and what's artificial. When we look at like robots that are artificial intelligence that look like humans, we'll be able to actually see the ch- because when I take psilocybin, for instance. The artificial stuff is obviously artificial. The, the life forms stand extremely out. So I think we'll redevelop that ability to witness what's what's I natural. I don't agree. I think they're going to trick you. I think they're going to they're going to they're going to find ways to it, control your brain. And I'm wondering if it's going to be after 100 years of enslaved that people start to evolve this ability to see they're gonna, bro, they're going to put a chip in your brain that's going to stop you from seeing what they don't want you to see. Mm-hmm. But you that, said you said you were uh, vibing with some cockroaches, so maybe are you already seeing the frequencies yeah. of the cockroaches? Psychic, Psychic energy. I've seen him for red light. When I woke up out of a dream one day, my it was going into my phone. It was like light was like I could see it was just all bright red, and then it like twisted and it went. It looked like it went into the phone. That's just because my perception was closing around it, and I was losing. So we have the ability to see what we maybe think we can't. Well, there are women who can see, I think, what, uh, UV? Or is it is it infrared? Which one? They see uh, UV, I think, right? I don't know if it's UV. I'm not, I don't remember which one it is, but it's one of those. They just yeah, uh, see more colors because they have more it? cones. Tetrachromats? Yeah, yeah, they have more, more cones in their eyes. They can see more colors. And it's cool. only women. Yeah. And right. they, uh, I guess they say if you look up when, when a cloud is passing over the sun, look up. And if you see like purple around the edges, you're a tetrachromat. Yeah, you I've can seen see that before. Colors. Sometimes my eyes will go in and out of that Bro, state. you can't. You can't. Oh, yeah, you can. You can see purple around the white light if you let yourself. Ian. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, I'm not men, lying about it. Okay, I, I've done I, it many look, times in my life. Perhaps fine. What we understand about the science is that men can't be tetrachromats. You can yeah. see all the colors of the rainbow in white light if you let yourself. Right. And tetrachromats mean they can see colors you've never seen before. Yeah, because okay. it's an evolutionary thing. It. Like women were, were ones who were hunters and gatherers. and Or hu- hunters and gatherers. They were gatherers. They were looking for fruit. They were looking yep. for uh, things that were able, safe to eat. They had to be able to determine which was like just the right shade of green, wow. what was the wrong shade of green. Because there's so many plants that look so similar. So over what? time, women involved the ability to see things in a particular color. Men didn't evolve that because they were hunters. They didn't need that skill. Interesting. Yeah. So I wonder, maybe that'll be something to do with telling if something's alive or if it's a robot. You'll right, be able to see right. a color emanating off of it. The other thing I think we'll, we're going to evolve is the ability to use our psychic abilities to communicate with our thoughts again. Like, you know, when you call your friend on the phone and they're they're calling, it's busy because they're calling you at the same moment. I don't know if you guys have ever had that weird thing happen. It's happened to me many, many times, like more than seven times in my life. Maybe um, maybe it's a, a woman. You know? <laughs> maybe. They say that genetic mutation can only occur in women. It's because the gene for our red and green cones on the X chromosome, and women have two. Men only have one. And uh, if a man has a genetic mutation on the X chromosome and he only has one, it would result in him being colorblind rather than tetrachromatic. Whoa. Wow. No, I didn't know that was crazy. crazy that part. 
Like the, I could see that if we build up our psychic abilities better. Twelve percent of women psychics. Twelve percent. That's crazy. Psychics kind of a loaded term. Sounds woo woo, but if we figure out how to communicate without having to rely on our voices or writing, like we'll be able to bypass technocratic takeover. If you can protect your thoughts and choose when to have thoughts and when not to, the machine's not going to be able to read your mind because you have control of when. Yo, this is crazy. Look at this. These two pictures. One is like a painting rendition from a tetrachromat, and one is like a like a regular picture. So no, wait, I, you're saying that's what a woman sees on the left? That's what a tetrachromat sees. Uh, the small percentage of women, I guess. Twelve, so. Yeah, 12%. Wow. Ian, okay, that's Ian, not at all what I see on the no, left. That's Ian, not what I'm Ian talking Ian might about. be confusing it with, with an acid trip, to be, to be say, fair. Like, what happened? I was looking into white light, and then I would see, <laughs> I would start to see the rainbow colors. I was colors. staring at the sun. <laughs> it would like turn into yellow, then orange, then red, then you know, purple, then black, then white, then blue, then green, then yellow, then orange, then red, then purple, then black, then white. And it would like out of the black would come white again and, and it would keep cycling. I'd keep seeing all these, just consider it. I don't know. I'm weird. I mean, I, <laughs> weird I was, you know, there was a lot of weed involved, I'm sure. But hey, that's part of our, 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 our what we are as well. We have cannabinoids in our brain. Our, our species fed off that stuff right. for, for the entire existence of it, as far as we know, for way back. And now they've tried to cut us off of it. Yeah, true. Like the last hundred Are you years. talking about Terrence McKenna? Because I will. he talks about the stoned ape theory. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think for sure our intelligence has evolved along with our diet, which happens to be what we call today psychoactives or what all these. If like, I'm gonna, caffeine, for instance, look, is a psychoactive. You know? If I'm going to believe any kind of crazy theory without evidence, it's going to be that aliens came and genetically engineered humans between pigs and monkeys to make a slave race. Because that just sounds more fun and would make a good book. Yeah. You, you guys ever hear that? It's like a conspiracy. I don't, I don't know if conspiracy theory is the right word because it's not like... It's more like just a theory. Conspiracy theory implies like humans did a thing together, but this is more just like a weird sci-fi idea. They believe that aliens came to Earth and needed slaves to mine gold. So they took primates and pigs and hybridized them and then added alien DNA to make them a little bit smarter. And that's what humans are. And I'm just like, yeah, that's a, wow. that's a lot to believe, dude. That's a, that's a big leap from a, a gorilla ate a mushroom. What do you think about the uh, conspiracy against marijuana? From like the twenties, Harry J. Anslinger. Do you, are you familiar with that? I mean, a little bit. The, the the PR campaign they did to make people, you know, marijuana is bad. Yeah, can you explain it, Jay? Well, I, I know from like Dope Inc. and books like that that uh, you know the British Empire used drugs as a weapon, obviously, you know, against China and the drug lanes that. <clears throat> were formerly controlled by like French and British intelligence that was just taken over by the West, the elites in the West in our country, right. To run the drug lanes. So I think that it's really complex, but I think that in regard to hemp, um, if you're like, I'm from Tennessee, Kentucky area. So the history of K Kentucky was that that was like a perfect place to grow hemp. And it was, a you know, useful for all these different things. And it was, uh, intentionally suppressed because certain chemical companies, you know, wanted to have monopolies over things that, you know, hemp would put them out of business for. So I don't, mm -hmm. I don't think it really had anything to do with the drug effects. I think it had to do with like the markets and in these, these big corporations. William Randolph Hearst was yeah, a with paper, <laughs> newspaper magnet. He had trees, owned tree farms, and he right. wanted the, them to stop using paper. This is what I've heard. He wanted them to stop using hemp as paper and start yep. using pepper or whatever is tree stuff. Oh, check this out. Check this out. So this is a, 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 a tetrachromacy test. You ever, you ever, you've done these tests before, I'd imagine, where they're like, what number is in the circle? And then you got to read the number. But if you're colorblind, you can only see like one shade. It's the same thing, but for tetrachromats. So I just, I just see red, green, and orange. That's all yeah, I see. I don't, I don't see anything. But if you're a tetrachromat, you actually will see 
the hmm. other colors. Now, I don't know if the, if the monitor screen can emit those proper colors, to be honest, but apparently that's the point they're trying so to make. So chicks is like birds, what you're saying. Yeah, they exactly got bird like birds. They can see like a bird. That's right. They eat like birds, too. They, they tend to just swallow <laughs> things whole, you know? Wait, wait, wait is, birds, are, birds, like birds are real? Yeah, birds are fake. The dinosaurs are a government surveillance isn't tool. Real. Birds aren't. Birds are fake. Yeah, and so it says, "How could it be valid? Computer screens only use red green pixels. I can't display the hues that Tetrachromat would be able to see." Right, pigment and light are different. Yeah, so it's a fake test. Well, it's not pigment real. is a reflection of light. Com- computer screens don't have enough color information to actually do the real test. Ah, so we're all, we're all right. Then. What I would see is like an aura around it that would come out. I would see like a purple and then blue or whatever, depending on the oxygenation levels. If you're deoxygenated, it's like more yellow. And the more oxygen you have, the bluer it gets, it seems to. It's, it's called an acid flashback. I don't think so. <laughs> I never I never broke my brain with drugs. Like, I never went crazy. I was always slow to start. And I've never done more than like, a, I don't know, eighth of mushrooms at a time. But some oh. people, like people like I did multiple acid hits. I'm, that, no, that's not my style. That's crazy. I don't know. Unless you want to do it. Let's, uh, let's jump to irreverency. We have this story from Forbes. Velma is the third worst rated TV show in IMDb history. Yo, what were they thinking? I was listening to some reviews, and I think this is what Brett was saying over Pop Culture Crisis, that basically the show is hated by everybody and by design. Like, you'd think the Velma show, for those not familiar, it's, it's, it's a prequel to Scooby-Doo, which retcons a pup named Scooby-Doo, which offended everybody, but I digress. You'd think that when they make a show that's woke, it's to piss off the right to generate virality, and then the left would be like, haha, but I like it because the right hates it. Nah. Apparently, they just made the show extremely racist, offensive, homophobic, and gay at the same time. So bad. And everybody hates it. Yeah. I haven't actually watched it, but I want to ex- explain exactly what I'm very, very mad about. All right? So they, they do this, this, you know, Velma thing where, look at this. That's Shaggy. Okay. This is Shaggy. Now, a lot of people are saying, why is, why is Shaggy black and why is Velma uh, Indian? You know, I got to be honest, I don't really care all that much. You know, I, I understand people get mad about the race swapping thing. And I'm like, oh, they're trying to make the characters diverse. My, I guess the problem was they couldn't make a black stoned guy because Shaggy is a, a stoner who eats a lot of food and does drugs. And so instead, they made him Norville. They made him a beta male. I'm not, I'm not exaggerating. Apparently, like, that's a character arc for him where he's a beta male. He likes Velma, but Velma's mean, Velma's mean to him. I'm going to tell you why I'm very offended by this. Because we just got what's called Ultra Instinct Shaggy. And it was one of the greatest cartoon developments ever. Like, Ultra Instinct Shaggy destroys multiverses. So, so uh, Warner Brothers puts out this video game called Multiverses with two hilarious things. Shaggy is trying to eat a sandwich when Arya Stark slices it in half. And so he basically goes Super Saiyan. He's so angry that he didn't get a sandwich that he becomes godlike and all-powerful. And that was just one of the funniest things I've ever seen. They got rid of that with this stupid HBO show making him weak. Velma in Multiversus, her super ability was to call the police on you. And she called the police on LeBron James, who gets arrested. And then the cop drives off the edge of the map. And then, you know, (laughs) LeBron dies. And uh, they got rid of that because it was offensive. And it's like, guys, you're hitting gold here. These are funny, fun things that make us laugh. It's not a bug. It's a feature. Instead, they're retconning and destroying everything and making this weird garbage Velma show that nobody wants to watch. It's supposed to be the history of Velma, like the b- before, whatever, the prequel. The prequel. Yeah. But they, they, they made her... Fat, fat, gay, and Indian. Uh, one of the criticisms Lesbian. is that they, they basically... Mindy Kaling, who created this and plays the voice of Velma, the girl from The Office, if you don't know, she's in The Office, um, basically just 
inserted herself into the show. So this is like the Mindy Kaling show in the guise of like Velma, but it has nothing to do with Velma or Velma's personality or Velma's character. From yeah. what that's one of the criticisms I read. I and still haven't seen it. I'm Daphne's not Asian, it. and Fred is a a rich white guy with a small dick. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not that's apparently a part of the show. That's like, the. I, th- I think that's the only part of the show. I think that's the theme. <laughs> it's like okay, yeah. Uh-huh, that's now I, I just gotta say, this is proof that the global elites are trying to destroy. I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> There's no Scooby Doo either. <laughs> yeah, no Scooby Doo. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the best character. He'd probably be a Scooby. puppy at this point in his you know, life, but what, still. You know. What made Scooby Doo Scooby Doo? was that a stoned guy was eating dog food with his dog. Yes. That was just the funniest thing, you know? Yeah. Shaggy was like, oh, I'm going to eat dog food now. And you're like, Why? It was like a little bit for everybody. Yeah. I think you mentioned the diversity. There's a nerdy girl, a hot girl, <laughs> uh, a stoner dude, and like a jock dude. <laughs> everybody could relate in some way to that, you know, for the most part, either. All white. That was and the then problem. there's the, the, the goofy dog, you know, that you could be like, okay, at least I identified the dog. The dog was awesome. The dog was the best part. Yeah. I used to like that series. And yeah. now to have someone just try to reinvent the wheel, take it over and make it theirs and destroy it it's just like okay one i think of an original idea stop trying to hijack all the other classics out there i'm also hearing that there's a two minute long scene where allegedly 15 year old girls are butt naked and fighting each other in suggestive uh, positions oh what uh yeah because they're all like they're like high schoolers i think yeah, yeah. And, and so like lots of inappropriate lots of crazy stuff here i only played it just to just to kind of see a little bit of it and I'm like, this is this is insane. I can't believe this was just this so was bad, okayed by people. Big I can't mouth, believe this was of, like, yeah. This, this is the big fun. news today. Like, we, we're starting the show, and I'm like, look, what's the big news? And he's like, Velma, Velma. <laughs> apparently, everyone's mad. Everybody's mad. They ruined Scooby Doo. Yeah. And I'm, you know, my thing is, outside of the Velma stuff, I think this is the 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 apex, the center of the maelstrom that is the collapse of our culture. We've 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 regurgitated and beaten subject matter and and themes to a point where we've made this like we keep rebooting Spider-Man every couple of years. We keep rebooting Batman, Transformers. There's nothing original left. There's no new music. I mean, look, look, I bring this one up. Christmas time comes around. We listen to the exact same songs from the 40s and 50s. Right. It's like, yo, there was a period where those songs were new. Mm-hmm. And granted, we got like that Mariah Carey one. All I want is Christmas for uh, all I want for Christmas is you. But for the most part, very little new things are being developed. We are stagnant, and this is like okay. Now it's crumbled to ash. They keep remaking Scooby Doo. They make new Scooby Doo movies. They make you know Scooby Doo in the video game, and we're like, we get it, man. These characters are all you have. Now, you know, you make a copy of a copy of a copy. It just gets worse every time. We're at the point where you can't even decide. You're just like, what is this? Is like. You take a menu from a restaurant, you copy it, then you copy the copy and it's kind of grainy, then you copy the copy and you're like, it looks like gibberish, then you copy the copy and it's smudge. That's what this is. It's just done. It's, it's done. I don't know where we go from here without Scooby-Doo. Well, you cut opiates out of your diet if you're taking them. That's one way to get your creativity back. But they, they destroyed the, the, the core element of the show, which was the kind of sense of, of, of friendship, this friend, this like <laughs> this sense of like, hey, we're going to figure out this problem together. We're going to work together. And th- that was that was, you know, it was cool to see all the teamwork. But now this show, from what I've seen from the first episode, is I'm a strong, independent woman. I'm going to solve everything yeah. and I'm the best. Doesn't like, she like okay. murder some dude or something? In the trailer, that, she like murders a guy. That was another big criticism: is that they don't even like each other. The main yeah. characters, yeah, they hate each other, and yeah. they keep like fighting and ridiculing each other and mm-hmm. making fun like of that. each other's private parts, even though they're like supposed to be fifteen years old. Yeah. I like that Family Guy joke where Peter says something like, "It's almost as as scary as the Scooby Doo murder mysteries," 
and or the murder files or whatever. And then it shows like, now back to Scooby-Doo murder mysteries. And then Fred is like, he gutted the victim, removed his intestines, <laughs> and then strangled him with it. We're dealing with one sick son of a bitch. <laughs> just the idea of like the actual mystery involving murder for Scooby-Doo would just be hilarious. Yeah, it's, it's like. You know what's funny about Scooby-Doo is the mystery was always that like some real estate developer was trying to drop prop- property value every to time. like, yeah, every time. And so he dressed up like a ghost to scare people so they wouldn't buy the property. You know what people do? They just shoot guns in their backyard. The property value drops. <laughs> yeah, true that. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if they're trying to save Scooby for... Uh um, season two, and uh, they're probably going to make him a pit bull, and they're probably going to make the pit bull attack a bunch of babies. Yeah, I guess. So. Uh, the, with the way the show's going, I see that as an actual plot. I, I have a feeling they were going to. They were going to. Uh, oh, baby exists. Scooby's first appearance would be the last episode of the first season. It's just so so obvious and predictable. Would have been at the end of the first season. They probably already have it planned out. They're like, I'm so excited, dude. If your if your shit is crap, it doesn't matter what your plans are because it ain't gonna work. This show's not gonna last more than six episodes. I mean, maybe they're already made. Don't don't mark my words on that. But it's the third lowest rated television show in history on IMDb at the moment. I don't know how many votes are in on it. One point three out of ten. Look at these. It's, Good it's, luck. It's, uh, it's I think it's worse than Santa Inc. Which is whoa Santa Inc. Remember that? Yeah, that is impressive. Did wow, it be worse than the that? Seth Rogen Sarah Silverman. It's the fifth worst rated thing on IMDb. Yeah, what is it? it? It's, uh, it's worse than that. That's crazy. They seem to have badly scripted the idea of an elf wanting to become Santa Claus. Or Scooby could be a furry, right? A part of the the acceptance movement, and then and then they could be Velma and Scooby could be getting it on. Dude, if it was a guy that got imprisoned and genetically experimented on and turned <laughs> into a dog, that'd be cool. But you got to do that in episode one. That would be furry. cool. Oh, He's, like that's, Nor- that's too maybe, complex. Maybe, maybe that's yeah, what they're doing. Like Norville is actually gets turned into Scooby, and that you know, and that that's why he's not Shaggy. Oh, and they think the real Shaggy True. is, but he's like, I can't tell him the truth. It's part of the experiment. They turn a dog into a guy and a guy into a dog, and that's the origin of Scooby-Doo. And that's why he can talk. Because, hey, why can Scooby talk? Right, exactly. right. It that's makes sense. Point. He's a chimera. He's a chimera. <laughs> I have no other explanation. <laughs> like, why can't we get just something original? I guess you got to make it. Well, Eric July made, that, made the Ripperverse stuff. So, you know, yeah. there's people trying. You can try. Yeah. I still think a psychic gorilla is going to be the next big superhero. <laughs> what do you mean? Psychic Grad's Grodd. Grodd's the villain. But is he a space gorilla? Gor- gorilla Grodd is from Gorilla City, and he's, he can control people's brains, and he's a bad guy, and he's we, psychic. We need a cosmic gorilla good guy that's a psychic. You know what's kind of funny? In Marvel, they have Wakanda, which is, you know, like, you guys know what Wakanda is? Wakanda? Yeah. Wakanda. Oh, yeah, like, funny. in, in the, 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 the country of Wakanda, Black in Africa, Panther. they have a force field, they hide. In D.C., they have Gorilla City, which is like basically the same thing, but everybody's a gorilla. And I'm like, I wonder why they did that. You know what I mean? That's that seems kind of weird. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Ian's like, wait a minute, hold on a second. <laughs> yeah, that's what DC made. I wonder, like, who made it first? Because they would do this thing where, like, Marvel has a, a DC. I think I can't remember who did it first. I think maybe Slade. So there's two characters. There's Deathstroke and Deadpool, and they're very <sighs> similar characters. Although Deadpool eventually became comedic. And Deathstroke is a very serious character. Deathstroke is DC. Deadpool is Marvel. And so they talk about how there's like always this back and forth. And I, just, I, just, I always wondered, wondered about that. Like the analog for Wakanda is a gorilla city. Like, was that racist? Well, Ed, on it, yes. It sounds <laughs> like it, but I don't yeah. know. Which came first, Gorilla City or Wakanda? I don't know. I don't know. But Gorilla Grodd was a bad guy. He wanted to take over the world because he, he was basically Killmonger, but a gorilla. That's kind of yeah. weird to me. Jay, what would a philosopher say about this uh, in- incredible content and entertainment that is force-fed uh, to the American public? Uh, my thought was this: it's Maoist, like the way that this has to be pushed 
and it's always like going a little further, like the dogma of this, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, Maoism is a cultural revolution that had changed everything that came before. So yeah. I just see it as kind of like a rewriting of everything, even down to the point of like the most mundane pop culture stuff has to be rewritten, has to be revolutionized in that way. Right, like getting rid of all the four olds, like all the old culture, old religion, all the things. It's it's kind of like it's happening now. All the yeah. old things are like are unacceptable. You can't have them. They need to be redone, remade. We've been watching. My wife and I've been watching old like '40s movies, which it's amazing the degree even in those of propaganda that existed, like particularly war propaganda, Americanist propaganda. But in terms of like ethics, is they're all pretty wholesome. You know, '40s era stuff is. I mean, compared to like what's now, yeah, but. It's just bizarre to see how far it's gone from like 40s era to now. Like the the revolution is complete, and they're actually gonna. I think they're gonna start like banning movies that are before a certain date. Like you yeah. won't. They're gonna say you can't. I mean, Bruce Russell talks about that. He's like, you're not gonna be reading Shakespeare in the future. You're not gonna read Mark Twain. You're not gonna read Flannery O'Connor. You're not gonna watch you know movies before a certain date, or they'll be purged in some way or, or edited in some way. So that's why uh, Disney with- Disney already has warnings. Saying, "Hey, yeah. this this movie right. is, is racist," <laughs> yeah. for like Snow White, and- exactly, yeah. which is absolutely yeah. crazy. Preservation <laughs> of data. We'll have to hide our data. It's literally we'll yeah. have to store our data in hidden like glass cubes in orbit, things where you can, if you get the coordinates, hit it with a laser and read the data or something like that. We're really gonna have to protect our data. I didn't think it was gonna come to that, but we do. Not only from asteroids. That's what I believe in. No, wait. There apparently Scooby's in the show, but it's S C O O B I, and it's some black chick. What the really? Oh, That's what people are saying. Is I'm that not even shocked. a dog? This, no, it's what a woman. Insinuate? Yeah, exactly. What yeah. are they saying? <laughs> oh, right. Uh, is uh, that for, <laughs> is that for real? I, I think it's, I it think automatically changed Scooby back to. We a were y. talking about Scooby Doo last year. I forgot. Oh, it was the LeBron James. Oh yeah, pop culture crisis covered it. Yeah, Scooby, yeah, yeah. Scooby, Velma turned Scooby Doo into uh, a black woman. Yeah. What? That's kind of weird. Why would they? That's racist. It, it kind of is. Scooby. That's her name. Her name is Scooby, and and Norville dates her. Oh man! Pop culture crisis covered it. Look at that. Well, Scooby's like Doobie, right? Scooby Doobie, you know, smoking that. Oh yeah, what Scooby Doobie do? They're all high. That from. dog was on drugs, Dude, man. Scooby yeah, snacks, man. But they're like, but they're like figuring out shit, right? So yeah. they're like, they're real, they're like, you know, the guy in uh, uh, Cabin in the Woods, like the the guy that's the stoner guy, but he actually figures everything out. Yeah, you know, yeah. that character. So oh, like, wasn't it like the weed was allowing yeah. him to break through and he's see like, what was going on? But like, no, they're really controlling us. The puppet, <laughs> the puppet masters, right? And they really yep. were puppet mm-hmm. masters. Yeah, that movie was awesome. I remember when people. Someone, I remember I was like, hey, when the movie came out, people were asking me, have you seen Cabin in the Woods? I'm like, I'm not going to go see that movie. Like a movie about some dumb teenagers go to the Cabin in the Woods and get murdered. And they're like, that's not what it's about. You know what I've noticed about smoking? When I went to go see it, for those that aren't familiar, it's about a trope of people, the, the, the Scooby-Doo gang, the nerdy girl, the hot girl, yeah, the jock and the exactly. stoner, right. going to a cabin. And then there's a gigantic underground complex of people trying to <laughs> sacrifice them to Moloch or whatever. Yeah, that's great. That the good. old ones, yeah. The old ones. That was yeah. funny. What I found was with, fun movie. with weed and the value of it in like perception, because you know it does change your perception, is that it's kind of like holding a magnifying glass. And, and the more you smoke, the further away the glass gets. So you want to get it to right the right position so that you can see the thing. But if you do too much, it becomes blurry. If you don't do enough, it's still blurry kind of thing. So do you want like a Scooby snack? Dosing. Again? Every day, dog. Um, I think dosage, the key in the whole drug war, it's not about the drug. It's about the dosage of the content. Like, what is the chemical? What is the dosage? Mm. Fentanyl is not going to kill you in the right dosage. But well, the unfortunate thing is that conversation probably hasn't been 
highlighted enough yet and the dosage is like overlooked in some situations i don't want to manifest that because we can focus on dosage yeah but i think there there's so many psychedelics are 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 going to be a key component in the preservation of our species moving forward against the machine Hmm. feels like it anyway Hmm. every day we rise challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in at u.s border patrol protecting our borders is more than a job it's a calling Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. That is hijack the conversation, Pete. What are you talking about? <laughs> we're talking about Scooby Snacks, I think, and then we're talking Oh, yeah, about yeah. Like- you get me on Shaggy, I'm going to go nuts. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's like the whole the whole theory about like how uh, I think it's Paul Stamets said that we ate we ate um, psilocybin mushrooms and that like made us then you know see things and then think more and it allowed our brain to develop because it increased like the connection between neurons etc cetera, etc. Cetera. That's what Jay was saying with the uh, Terence McKenna the, right. and it's called the Stone Ape the theory. Stone Ape theory, I, right? Is that the, what I that is? I think it originates with Terence McKenna. Yeah. And oh, so not, that, not Stamets. Okay. And then Stamets, who is a fungologist or whatever you call it, the greatest My, mycologist mycologist on Earth, yeah. Paul Stamets. All right, we're going to go to Super Chats. If you haven't already, would you kindly smash that like button, subscribe to the channel, share the show with your friends, become a member at TimCast.com. No members only show tonight, but we do have them up Monday through Thursday, so be a member to support our work and watch the massive library of members only content. And uh, we're going to read what you guys have to say. Not of this earth says, glad to see the based Chad nerd himself on TimCast. After years of requesting you, it finally paid off. There you go. <laughs> he is here. I told him harass you. No, I'm just sorry. It worked, it worked. Society Remastered says, Tim, I ask for your help as a fellow freedom lover and believer in this country's potential. New Mexico House Bill 50 bans 10-round mags. Please let your viewers know so this cannot, so that, so that it can be opposed. We need a Supreme Court ruling on that. That should be unconstitutional. Those are low-capacity magazines. Standard capacity is 30. And that's not hyperbole. It's not propaganda. Quite literally, when you, when you pick up a new rifle, it comes with a 30-round mag. They don't come with 10. 10 or small. Yeah. They're trying to play games. Play games, man. All right. Raymond G. Stanley Jr. says, a special shout out to the OG of Change Luke. We always dig your visits. Heck, I'm nearly small L now hearing your rants. Be well until the next visit when Dan finally shows his face. Team Luke Milkers. Did you hear that, Luke? I just heard that. Team Milkers all the way. Uh, (laughs) Luke's going to be here on Monday. Uh, Yes. I was requested to be here. so Excellent. Yeah, Luke was I like, know. I'm leaving. And then I was like, Stephen Crowder's coming on Monday. He goes, I'm staying. <laughs> no. That's, that's exactly what happened. That, he was not like, oh, how it happened. I'm like, Jesus. I'm like, I don't, I was like. And we're then like, no, no, like, you should go. You should go. No, no it's no, okay. The, I can stay. I can The exact stay. opposite of that <laughs> happened. But I'm starting a website, uh, therealog.com. And it's going to be really fun. I'm going to launch it Monday. Oh. And uh, stay tuned. And thank you so much for that. I really appreciate it. And it uh, means the world to me. Ser- seriously. All right. Blue Heart says, I still own an unopened box of mix and bottle of syrup from Uncle Jeremiah. (laughs) Jeremiah. Uh, I have a box. When they banned Aunt Jemima, I went to the gas station and I saw they had a box of it. They had one and I grabbed it and I'm like, I'm buying this. I mean, I don't know if it's going to last long or whatever. Like the whole set, no. But was it it called Pearl Pearl Mill? Pearl Mill Pancake? Pearl Mill Company? Pearl Mill Company. Pearl Milling Company. Pearl Milling Company. Oh, wow. It just rolls off the tongue. When I wake up in the morning, you know what really pisses me off about Aunt Jemima stuff? I was saying this in an earlier segment. That picture of that kindly woman smiling on that box of pancakes gives you this feeling that when you wake up in the morning, there's a nice lady who loves you and has cooked you a hot breakfast. 
And she smiled. It makes you feel good. Mm-hmm. But they're like, it's racist? What's racist about a nice smiling woman who made breakfast for you? That's heartwarming. Yeah. Or Uncle Ben, famous chef, cooked you a hot meal because mm-hmm. he cares about you. Nope, mm-hmm. gone. But the bald white guy who's ripped and wants to clean your floor, nobody has a problem with oh, that. Mr. Clean. Mr. Clean. Yeah. Yo, come on, man. <laughs> they just want to take take all the fun away. And like the, I said, the, the Lando Lakes Native American lady, she's like holding corn or whatever. I don't know. On the, on the, like they use a Native American woman as a symbol of natural and purity and goodness. And they were like, got to get rid of that. Yeah. <laughs> Why? Why? Makes no sense. They were, they were saying that they had the best butter because it was associated with the wholesomeness and cleanliness of the natural and associating that with Native Americans. So it was a net positive. It was a positive view. Yeah. But you said she was a seven earlier. The, the Lando Lakes lady? Yeah. No, I said she was a 17, bro. I said she was off the charts. I think she was Can't holding a box of butter. Is that what she was holding? I a box so. of butter? At least in the, in the later I don't know, she holding images. Corn? It's funny because they like whitewashed themselves. Seth Weathers says, time for a reminder, eat steak, lift weights, and be uncensorable. Screw the government. Yo, Yo and, like and Miss but- Butterworths. Miss Butterworths wasn't even black. Yeah, she was I maple know. syrup and they got rid of her. <laughs> I think they got rid of the ma- Miss Butterworths. Look that up. Because uh, they said it was racist because she looked like a black woman. And because I'm like, the, the color of the glass was like a dark tinted uh-huh. brown glass. Because the color of the syrup. Or the plastic. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Did they, they get rid of them as butterwords, right? I think so. It's so I feel like weird. That's superstitious. Like, it's, it's turning to where colors are inherently evil. Yeah. That's like superstition. All yeah. I'm saying is we got to reclaim these brands. So look, I took what used to be the independent skate logo because they abandoned it and don't want to use it anymore because they think it's racist, so I'll use it. But I recommend all of you out there, start your own company. Start using these trademarks. Make uh, Aunt Jemima's whatever. You you got a golf ball company? Make Aunt Jemima's golf balls and put her face on it. Not a bad idea. What are they going to do about it? They abandoned it. They don't want to use it anymore. It's not the name they use. You lose. You can't keep a trademark you don't use. It expires. You're gone. It's free real estate. Take it back. Yep, free real estate. (laughs) All right, what do we got? Red Drew Max says, you need to make some female t-shirts, Luke, with cleavage. I would not buy those strangled shirts. Strangled shirts? We have women's t-shirts. We have tank tops. They we want low cut where the boobies can I think we out. have that. We have the, we have the uh, you know, we have them for moobs. We have them for boobs. We have them from all the moods that you might be in. Um, and you just got to click on the different styles on the left-hand corner. We have them all lined up for you. And then we have those tank tops as well. That's all right, cool. let's be cool uh, if you had like doggy. What are those things that the dogs put over their their back, like with pockets in them? That'd be cool, like a like a dog a dog merchandise. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. All right, saying uh, tell, telling the ATF to stay away from them. Yeah, the great treasure <laughs> says Ben said what I was thinking on his show today. No friend would ever do what Crowder did. Lucky Ben and Daily Wire crew are stand up guys. A public apology would help the friendship move forward. His only hope. What? What is? What? Someone said that Ben was Crowder's lawyer, like his yeah, first lawyer. I saw that. Is that true? I don't know. I mean, I just gotta say, like, I the, the way I put it earlier in my morning segment. Crowder's ideologically correct, but I think tactically wrong. Ideologically in that the Daily Wire shouldn't be penalizing you for being banned from the mainstream media, from the, from the big tech platforms, if they're building a subscription company. You know what I mean? I, I, that being said, the Daily Wire's response was like, well, Crowder should have just said that, take that out and do this. But ultimately, the Daily Wire said no to his terms. So it's like, it's not like Crowder... You know, Crowder did come back and say, this deal is no good. You need to do a better deal. And Crowder did tell them, like, why are you docking pay? This was, this was Crowder's argument. Why are you going to penalize me for YouTube, Facebook, Spotify, and, and Apple 
when you're trying to build a membership platform. Mm -hmm. That's like, so I bring in 300,000 members, but then you take my money away because YouTube bans me. That makes no sense. He's right. My view of the Daily Wire is that they're just doing like, you know, more generic corporate contract approaching kind of stuff. I don't, I don't know how I feel about the uh, secretly recording Jeremy thing, you know. I'm fine with it personally. I don't care. Texas. Assume all your calls are being, your calls no one's, are yeah, all no being one's, recorded No anyway. one's arguing legality. We're arguing, are you a good person? Yeah, but that's is not what business move? is about. Business isn't about, are you a good person? Business is hard numbers. Then the point here is that the Daily Wire is like, yo, this was a friendly phone call where we talked about our families and then Steven Crowder recorded it. Like the argument is not, was a business, but to be fair, the Daily Wire did say it's business. So they, they put that on themselves that you can't say it's just business, but also we were friends. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I'm looking forward to the future of it. I love it. Uh, I'm looking forward to them hanging out. But I'll, I'll, I'll put it this way. The Daily Wire wants to be a big entertainment company similar to like what Hollywood has. They just want to produce better values. Steven Crowder wants to build more of what Ian and I were talking about, where if you're a young person starting up and you and you create a brand, you keep those members. When you leave the company, those members go with you. I think what I would what I would imagine is that, you know, Crowder builds up Mug Club and then when the contract ends, they're like, now you have nothing. And he's like, are you kidding me? I did all the work. I built all this up and I have nothing to show for it. And they're like, well, we were paying you. We bought it. So what Crowder is saying is we need to build a system where when some 20-year-old kid signs a contract, it says when you leave, you retain what you built with your members. Mm-hmm. And that's more of like what Ian and I have been talking about with a decentralized locals Patreon kind of system. Direct subscriptions. Anyway, not to keep going on about that subject. Yeah, talk we'll talk more on Monday. I know. Yeah, yeah. Adventurer says, get chickens, get goats, get carbureted vehicles, grow potatoes, distill ethanol. Independence is a scale. Take it one step at a time. And right now, what you should do is on your phones, download three different survival guides. Then whatever backup device you have, download three there. Purchase some emergency jet phone generators thing. They they have things you can like hand crank to generate power. It's not easy to do to chart forever man but it's worth it you know you'll get, get a radio signal if you need it yeah and the thing about a phone is if the entire grid went down but you had a smartphone with 100 percent, turn the volume all the way down turn the brightness all the way down and then open up the survival guide and start learning as fast as you can and conserve that power on that phone because whether you use the phone or not the power is going to f- fade from it yeah i created a survival guide called the uh, apocalypse survival uh it's a master class a part of lukeuncensored.com my membership and at the click of one button you get to download all of it so just in case that there's like an emp or no internet or no wi-fi or or no no starlink you could have all the videos uh, and uh, information available to you at hand. Here's an important one. Trident 54 says, Chesa Boudin parents, weather underground killed three. That's right. I knew there was some story about that. It was like a bank robbery or something. Or I can't remember. You guys want to look that up? Yeah. <coughs> I have a masterclass on philosophy, which you're going to be talking about philosophy when everything collapses. There's nothing else to talk about, right? Yeah. I mean, you yeah. can either read books or talk about philosophy. Well, no, you'll, you'll be farming all day and doing work. Nonstop. And talking about philosophy at night. And trading bottle exactly. cops, No, right? you, you work until... Until until, a, until your hands bleed. You, you <laughs> don't stop. People don't understand this. If you can get people to work for you, then you can just hang out and talk about philosophy. If, okay. if, if we lost the grid, yeah, you'd be working like 6 a.m. to 10 p.m. So mm-hmm. maybe like the hour before bed. Like, you'll stop to eat over dinner. You know, when you stop to eat and have dinner before you get back to work, you'll be talking philosophy. There, there we go. go. Unless yeah. you're too tired. If you're lucky to have dinner. If you're lucky to have that, well, you got to be farming nonstop. Part of why they try and keep people stupid, fatigued, and afraid because they don't have the mental capacity to talk about philosophy. (laughs) Yeah. They, I said, they keep, and the people, they they encourage people to do things that keep themselves in that state. No one's forcing you. 
All right. Wow. The new GM says if one twentieth of Crowder subs went to Daily Wire, that's two hundred fifty k at eight dollars a month over four years equals ninety six million. It's unlikely Louder with Crowder would lose DW money at fifty million. If a small channel took a five hundred thousand dollar deal or four years, those max penalties could put the fee at thirty k a year. The same as full time burger flipper. The the issue is which you got to understand. Crowder is coming out and saying. We have 350,000 members and everyone's just going 350,000 times 10 bucks. You know, that's 3.5 million per month. He's going to make way more than they're offering. That's a low ball offer. And it's like, whoa, whoa, slow down. We don't know Crowder has that. Crowder believes he will have that, but the blaze isn't releasing the numbers. And, you know, that's the issue. Maybe he's right. I personally think Crowder will probably get more than that. But the Daily Wire came out and said, we don't, we're not convinced. So you were right about Chesa Boudin's parents, Kathy Boudin and David Gilbert were weather underground members. Uh, when Boudin was 14 months old, they were both arrested and convicted of murder for their role as getaway dr- car drivers in the 1981 Brinks robbery. Yeah. Brinks in uh, Rockland Bank County. Brinks yeah. Loktar says, Tim, you watch Comet TV, don't you? I do that every day. You mentioned Outer Limits episodes and SG episodes that have been on around the same time. They've aired. Great channel. You are correct. I used to watch three episodes of SG-1 every day because Comet would air them all back to back. Amazing show. I don't really watch it anymore. I don't really watch it was, TV. It was good. We, uh, My wife and I wrote, a, we had a, I had a TV show. We did one season of a TV show that was on Gaia uh, analyzing movies. And we wrote a oh, whole wow. second season and we were going to do uh, Stargate in the second season, analyzing it, breaking it down like that. The movie or SG-1? The TV show. The TV show is just brilliant. Yeah. Good show. Yeah, we had, um, Corin Nemec came to hang out and we did a bit with Ian. What's up, Corin? Where uh, Ian Parker Lewis? Yeah, yes, the right. man. Wow, Corin yeah. Nemec, dude. Awesome. What's happening? And uh, and and also, you know, on Stargate SG One. You're right. And um, the gag was, you know, Ian was convinced he was actually working on the Stargate project, and he was like, "Ian, I'm just acting." <laughs> but he kept doing things nice. where, like, Ian would overhear him talking about building a machine, <laughs> and then finally, at the end, he walks out, and then he's like. I got permission from Tim to build the Stargate here. And then the Stargate opens in front of him. You see the light flickering. Mm-hmm. You know, it really broke my heart to see that bit that we did. Because I'm like, years later with Stargate SG-1 and all of that over, we got a tiny 30-second morsel of life of Stargate SG-1 from a joke that we did. And that was it. And it was mm-hmm. just like seeing the light shine <laughs> for a brief moment before fading out. And I'm like, man, I love that show. I mean, I only watched it in the past few years. It's like I watched it back when it came out. I think society's prime for a good sci-fi, like with yeah, let's do uh, future tech, quantum physics, worm, and wormhole stuff. extreme. Yeah, exactly. About guys who starting Sam Hyde joke. Oh, was it <laughs> starting <laughs> Sam Hyde? <laughs> <That's so funny. laughs> All right. The new GM says you guys been following the DND OGL situation. If not, you should do something on it. I yeah. have been not no. not closely though, but I, I don't know where they're at right now. But thanks for bringing it up again. I'll we got to make that game the Crosslands. Yeah, man, that's on my mind almost every day. People keep reminding me. It's 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 such an interesting, simple concept. There are six paths of where the, the different planes cross. It's the crosslands, and uh, and there you go. Are are you the game master? Yeah, because, you can tell. Okay, I see the dice over here. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah we're talking about making a new game. Crosslands, my last name. So the crosslands, where it's like the uh, the meeting of all these different dimensional dimensions. It's kind of like a world where you can exist in the middle of all these different worlds. Mm-hmm. I love that idea because every episode, every every game could be whatever you want it to be. You can go through a portal into any rea- anything. It's 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 a similar like in Magic the Gathering, it's like you're a planeswalker traveling through mm-hmm. different realities or whatever. The Crosslands is at the intersection of the multiverse 
you know, you, and, you draw, you can summon creatures from through the portals and things like that. I don't, so. know, I don't know if you've ever played Chrono Trigger, but you can go to the oh, end yeah. of time and Chrono yeah. Trigger. I, that's kind of my, my inspiration. I yeah, see the, 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 the lamppost and the guys just chilling at the lamppost. Welcome yeah. to the end of time. Chrono Trigger was like one of the best games ever made. And Chrono Cross just couldn't cut it. You play no. Chrono Cross? Yeah, nothing. Nowhere near no, as good. Exactly. The music for Chrono Trigger, the music's a big part of it. Man. Mm, true. They, 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 they tried, though. They couldn't get it. But uh, we'll make the Crosslands tabletop RPG and side card game component. And then we just uh, we fix, we make a different a collectible trading card game that improves upon magic and does it better. And then we don't do any of these garbage licenses where it's like we own the content you create or anything like that. And we make it an open source game where it's like, play the game how you want to play it you know yeah i'm still well i'm talking about i don't want to waste too much time right now yeah i'm I'm thinking about like okay yeah thanks what do we got raymond g stanley jr says ian's klaus is nearly as good as tim's aoc you mean my nancy pelosi i don't don't think i have a very good aoc impersonation i think your nancy pelosi is really good yeah i do a killer maxine waters oh yeah let's hear it uh, is that safe to do? <laughs> no, I guess. I, I like doing Nancy Pelosi because she is a, a decrepit evil woman. Yeah. And she talks like this. And Donald Trump is ruining this country. Klaus says his R's with the back of his throat. So, za, with the T-H is za, za, real thing. And then when you say, mm, We need NG Klaus is, Trump to, to take over think. this country because of Donald Trump. Well, if I was to do Maxine Waters, she says, go out and attack everybody. Find the Trump people at the gas stations and attack them. <laughs> yeah, that's what she said, right? That's she said, yeah. get in their faces. Get in their faces. Yeah. Get in their faces. Yeah. All right. Let's read some more. Um, what do we got here? Jeffrey Adams says, Klaus is not interested in the fourth industrial revolution. He is bringing in the fourth Reich. <laughs> Jeez. How, sense. Do you yeah. think he's like a pup, kind of a puppet, a face, or do you think he's a ringleader in this entire process? I think he has a pup, a, a front role to play, but not at the top because uh, he was re- recruited through the Harvard Project, which was a CIA operation by Kissinger. So Kissinger is who spotted Klaus. So I think he's kind of a front for the whole that whole nexus. Roger Page says, "Why would our teeth fall out? The people in the Middle Ages didn't brush their teeth, and their skulls have better teeth than I do, because they didn't eat the processed garbage. They ate meat and drank milk, and ate cheese." Yeah, right. Eating might might actually not eating might help your teeth. Man, chickens are awesome. I, I got a picture of a chicken right behind me all the time because chickens are amazing. They're funny. They're stupid. They have little personalities. They're all different, and they give you eggs. They eat the bugs. They live in the pod, and they give you eggs. <laughs> it's fantastic. I, I know we, we're way past this, but uh, I remembered that if you if you remember Scream, if the you movie? watch, yeah, right. It, it, Scream is this. It's like Cabin in the Woods before Cabin in the Woods. And I had a did an interview with Jamie Kennedy. You would you would dig talking to him. You should have him on sometime. He's, oh, all right. he's a really funny dude. And he's like super red pilled. Oh wow, cool. Yeah, we got to get more uh, people who are in, you know willing to speak out and stuff. All right, let's see. Big Mike says, first time super chatting. Tim, can you tell me your opinions on ancestry DNA testing? It's a really cool and nifty thing, and then they have your DNA in their system. For the CIA. Can, and they can use it to make bioweapons that <laughs> yeah. target specific people. So I, I don't know, I'm just trying to forget. That was, that was people a part of the, you. the Bond movie, right? No Time to Die was that they could take the, the tailor the bioweapon to specific right. DNA. Yep. Yeah. yeah, wasn't there another more recent movie? Or was that, was, that the, was that the recent one? That was the No Time to Die like, last, no, wait, year, wait. last year. There was a, what was I watching? What was it? 
I can't remember. I was watching some show where, what, what, what show? Oh, 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 Fringe. Fringe. On Fringe, there was a guy who was making a chemical that would target specific people's DNA or whatever. So he would release it and it would only affect certain people or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of giving away your password. Crazy. It's wild that people are offering up but, the stuff that you should know, be encrypted. I, uh, I did learn due to uh, other family members who took their ancestry DNA that I'm actually part Japanese. That mm. was funny. Because it's like I'm, I'm uh, 20% Korean and 5% Japanese. Uh, you know why that is, right? Yes. <laughs> Search. I'm not going to. Yes, I'm not going to explain. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know. You guys liked each other. You guys were neighbors. Oh, that's you right. You were very that's friendly right. to that's each absolutely, other. That's right. Absolutely. That's it. It's, you know, just <laughs> hey, Japanese. Japanese guys coming over. And then they were like, howdy, neighbor. And they were like, you look kind of like me. Let's be friends and have families. And the Japanese probably were like, oh, and they hugged. That's yeah, exactly yeah. what happened. But they they <laughs> totally have a very peaceful, peaceful right. relationship throughout the history. It's funny because like whenever I tell people I found out I was part Japanese, they go, oh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we know about that. I'm like, well, you know, whatever. That's why I like anime, I guess. What just happened? YouTube just crashed over here. What's I'm on? I'm ten percent uh, Dutch, not oh, Dutch, cool. uh, Danish. So I'm like 90 percent Polish, but ten percent Danish. So that must have been some kind of Viking dude. <laughs> hey, we're coming over. Long time, not even that long ago. Ten percent. No, no, yeah, not long at all. I don't know if it was that long ago. It was probably just some dude coming to hang out. Hey, I got a super chat here from Richard Grove. It just came in. Mm. Yeah, he's oh. awesome. He's a cool dude. Oh, nice. Thanks for inviting Jay to bust up Klaus and the gang. Uh, more books and deep dives like this, please. Excellent guest. Thanks, Thank Richard. Yeah, Richard Thank Grove does his own podcast as well. Grand Theft World. Yep. Ooh. All right. Damien Simmons says, Name, noble noob from future, came to this world from cr- the Crossland. My world was taken over. A massive VR game drop. One day an update happened. If we took headset off, it would explode. Inside were humming devices that would send a code to a big boomstick. Many loss. Uh, like I that per, uh, that was very confusing, but it got me thinking about the Crosslands. I kind of want to write a book about it. The, the Crossland, you, yeah, to set the set the meta. Yeah, and it can be characters. it can be the multiverse and time, though. Of course, mm. space cro- time is the same thing, right? The the the, the Crosslands, and it can be like the moment humanity discovered the Nexus Point, the Crosslands. It opened up all of reality, and and time basically didn't exist anymore. Because I was I was reading this thing about uh, uh, the concept of time travel. It said, once time travel is discovered, if possible, time will no longer exist Hmm. because people will move through time as if it's space and everything will be always. Yeah. It's the craziest Hmm. thing. Yeah. So like, let's say you're like, I'm going to make, I'm going to make a fine, uh, a 12 year uh, whiskey. You'd make it and then open a door to 12 years and pick it up. And it's it's just like the craziest thing, you know? And like, it's just there instantly you have it. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be cool. But that means that when it comes to the game itself... It's easy to do different worlds and different themes for different sets. So it doesn't have, you know, the problem I have with Magic the Gathering is all fantasy. And I always talk to my friends about this. If they did a modern warfare game that was like soldiers, infantry, bombers, generals, and it was like, you know, World War II, World War Three, Iraq War, like era of, of war, but in a Magic the Gathering style card game, it would attract more players. For sure. I know a lot of people who'd be like, oh, I don't want to play that weird, you know, cosplay D&D stuff. And I'm like, what? that's not what magic is. And there are people I know who genuinely thought that when I went to the comic, the, the card shop or the comic shop to play cards, we would dress up like wizards and like, I cast a spell on you when <laughs> in actuality we're playing poker. Dude, if you could get a, that is a good idea about a card game with like infantry. You have your M- M1 Abrams card. You yep. play the tank. You get weapon, all the different guns, all the different mods for all the different guns that you can equip it, on your guy. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I've always wanted that. I was talking to my friends. I was like, I would rather play. So here's the thing about Magic the Gathering. It's chess and poker combined. This is why I'm, I've been watching a lot of poker. I love poker. But Magic is just so much more fun. Because like, you're, you're, instead of holding two cards, your guy's holding seven cards. Then you've got the board state. And you're like, okay. You're sitting there thinking. You're like, this guy left two islands untapped. And he knows that I need to play my finisher right now. Otherwise, he's going to crush me out. But he's got those two islands. If I play this, he's got a counter spell. Is he bluffing, or does he actually have it? Hmm. So what do you it. do? You assume he has it. You play your. You got to. You, you, you play a mid range. You play a mid range. Try and coax him out. Yeah. That way, if he does have it, he counters the wrong thing, slowing you down. If he doesn't have it, your mid range can hold him off for a turn or two. I, that, that's that's why I like magic. But my friends would be like, I don't want to play goblins and wizards, and I'm like, I get it, man. Like. And so I had one friend, uh, uh, this, this chick friend of mine, I was like, there's a vampire set. And she was like, what? And I showed her Innistrad. And she was like, okay, that's cool. She's like, I don't care about wizards and goblins, but the vampire Victorian setting is fun. And I just, she got into it. I look at it as math and everything else is cosmetic. The names, the pictures, the colors, all that stuff's irrelevant, essentially. It's all about the numbers. What about an elaborate role-playing campaign that you set up where it's just dudes at a, like at a factory? There's nothing Great. exciting you, at all. You roll to see how so you just roll to see like when your lunch break is. <laughs> who's on who's on assembly line one, two, or three? Yeah, the right. widget you made is only seventy three percent quality. Well, I mean, have quality. you seen these video games that they've got these days, like Trucker Simulator? And it's oh, just really? you, you play yeah. a game where you're in a truck and you just, you just drive, drive for four hours. I'm not. That's great. They made There's a car wash simulator. Yes, yeah. they made Patrol <laughs> Officer Simulator where you pull people over and give them tickets. That's it. Yeah. I can't. You can't make jokes anymore because the satire is real. It's a, it's a real <laughs> thing somewhere. So there's no jokes. Yeah. Modern no video games. Duck Simulator. Have you guys seen Duck Simulator? It's a no, fantastic. Are you the Duck Simulator? I don't know. Yes, you are the. Oh are yeah, the yeah I've seen yeah. that. Have, it's amazing. It's Tim an amazing has it. game. Yeah. Which one? Uh, it's a goose or duck simulator. Goose. Um, it's. I don't think it's called Goose Simulator. No, what is that? But I it's the goose it's game, called. and it's really fun. It's amazing. Goat Simulator is hilarious. Yep. Goat Simulator is fun too. Yes. Yeah. Goat yeah. Simulator. Just, but those are those are real games that are silly. Yeah. The goose game is funny. You're a goose. You run around and you honk at people and you make the kid <laughs> it's cry. So great. It's called un, Untitled Goose Game. Yeah. Oh and, yeah. That's yeah. right. And you steal stuff from people. Yeah, and it's amazing. That game is so much fun. There's a goose running around. You can flap your wings. You guys yeah. ever been attacked by a goose? Yeah, yeah. You have. They're jerks, man. Yeah. Serger was asking for it though. A turkey uh, buzzard attacked my car one time. What did it do? It flew what a into dick. it, like oh. flew into and dented the front, you know, bumper. There. What What happened when the goose attacked you? Uh, the geese are wild. Anyone knows Canadian geese? They are terrorists. I got to read. This is a good one. Uh, Russell Aaron says, "Tim, I'm stationed on a submarine out of Washington. I miss your show and news generally when I am on a deterrence patrol. Is there a way that there there would be a weekly email newsletter from Timcast? We're working on it." We are working on a weekly uh, email newsletter because some people sign to become members, but we could also just create an email list for free so that we have emails. And then here's the idea. You can sign up for the email list. And then once a week, we give you like, here were the guests we had. Here were the members only segments we had. Become a member to watch these. Here's the free news we had because we need a vehicle for delivering news to people. And uh, it'd be something that you, you, you'd opt into by signing up. I would never do anything where it's like, you sign up and get automatically put in an email list. It would be like, sign up for our email list to get a weekly update on the various news stories, guests, and members-only segments, and then you won't miss anything. And, I, and we've talked about it. We're actually in the process of building it. We got the team already working on it, so I'm really excited about that. All right, Easy Doglog says, Hey, Tim, if you're into end-of-the-world scenarios, you should read or listen to the book One Second After. It's about an EMP global attack. 
talking about building a toaster reminded me of the book. Here's what you gotta do. Buy a microwave, old cheapo microwave, all right? Then dig a hole, open a microwave, put a laptop, a phone, whatever you can fit in it, close it, bury it. Microwave's a Faraday cage. Mm. There you go. Or build a Faraday cage, build a smaller Faraday box inside of it, then put a microwave inside that box, then put your stuff inside of it. A lot of people talk about, oh, if the solar flare comes, you know, put your stuff in a Faraday cage. Bro, a Faraday cage will not protect your stuff. The, the solar flare is more, is, is too powerful. It will rip right through a Faraday cage. You will need a multiple layered Faraday cage to keep di- diminishing it. Maybe even a lead box or something. But then I'll tell you this. In the land, after the solar flare hits, the man with a working cell phone is king. Yeah, You're going to be like, I can calculate distance and take pictures of things. Imagine what it would be like to not be able to tell someone what's going on instantly. Like it used to be back in the day, like some dude would get into a fight and you'd have to run home and be like, a thing happened and tell each person individually. Now you go on Twitter and you're like, dude did thing and everyone instantly knows. I feel fortunate to be from the time before the internet because I still think of it as weird, the internet. I still see all like that, how it's different than normal life without electricity. Totally. All right, one more here. Double R says, Jay, do a Nicolas Cage impression. Well, I knew it was going to come. I knew everybody was going to say, do your Nick Cage, please. Uh, I've invented my own technique of acting. It's called Nouveau Shamanic, and I put bones in my pocket. I don't know if it does anything, but that's what I do. There's a real clip of him saying that. Oh, wow. That's, that's amazing. a real thing. All right, everybody. If you haven't already, would you kindly smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends, become a member over at TimCast.com. Click that join us button because we've got a big library of members-only uncensored shows going back years. It's Friday night. Hope you're having a good time. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. We will have clips from the show up throughout the weekend. We'll be back on Monday. You can follow the show at TimCastIRL. You can follow me personally at TimCastJ. Do you want to shout anything out? Yes, thank you. Just real quick, I did want to shout out. I have a live event. February 11th, we'll be performing. Uh, me, my wife, BG Cumby. It's going to be funny. Uh, he's a philosopher of comedy. We have uh, an hour of madness, and then we have four hours of intense lectures. So it's a weird mix. Where is that? What is it? Austin, Texas, February 11th. You can get tickets on my uh, Twitter there or on the Eventbrite. And what's, what's your the- Twitter? Uh, Jay Dyer. Jay. You can find me right there. Yeah. Jay Dyer. That yes. was awesome. Thank you so much for coming. Thanks for bringing all the books. That was definitely a, a trip down memory lane for me. Yeah, right. Uh, my website is lukeuncensored.com. I have a lot of really interesting things going on there. A lot of members, a lot of conversations on our forum, three master classes, and I will be uploading one of the members' video tomorrow on rumble.com forward slash we are changed. But the members area, you get it first, lukeuncensored.com. See you there. I'll echo the sentiment. Jay, thank you so much for coming and bringing those books. That was awesome. And thanks for a run through the gauntlet of questions. That was incredibly enlightening. It was a lot of fun. You guys were great. Yeah. And here's to more. Many more. Absolutely. Thank you. That was great. Um, I'm Ian Crossland. Follow me on the internet anywhere you want to, at Ian Crossland and Serge Duprea. Yeah, uh, at Surge.com. Uh, this is really fun. I enjoyed it, Jay. Thanks, Thanks for man. coming out. Appreciate it was great. It. Your uh, your impressions are great, man. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, and uh, yeah. Uh, Weird talent. Me on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's okay. You guys can find me on Twitter, uh, Instagram, at Surge.com. Spell it out. Yeah, it was a fun one. All right, everybody. Thanks for hanging out. We will see you all in the clips throughout the weekend and then again on Monday. Cheers. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing 
The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Avoid where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.